Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Bastards podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and how we thought Brad was dead. <laughs> My name is Michael Basinger. With me are Matt Polly, hey. Brad Polly, <laughs> the, the bitch is back, and together we are the Inglorious Pastors. Um, we're going to get into Brad's uh, mysterious departure a little bit later in the show. We've got something something planned. Oh, oh do we? Oh, we've oh, got we something planned. It's oh, been in the uh, works. But for now. That's great. Um, let's just say. <laughs> I was, was going to. I got lazy and didn't want to update my soundboard because yeah. why should I? Why when would you, you guys all We're have prepared. And I was uh, going to have the bitches back by Elton yeah. John. Brad is Brad is here. Uh, we thought he was dead, so. He's alive. He's alive. Uh, and, and, a, and a big hearty to you. <laughs> and the the owner of the wow is back. Uh, and then, I, d- I deleted my wow because Brad's back. So. One last song. And we back. And we back. And we back. A little chance to rapper for you. Uh, All right. Um, okay. So announcements. Uh, let's just get them. Pull them off with a rubber band bandage aid. Thing. A rubber band bandage, bandage thing. That's, uh, yep, that's exactly band-aid. what they're rubber called. Rubber band-aid. Cool. Yeah. Um, uh, Carrie Umhow, uh, we're giving away five copies of her book right now. Um, how are you going to do that? What do you mean? Get it? Umhow, are you? Never mind. Uh, okay. Right. Wow. Dad jokes. Dad jokes. I'm so sorry, Carrie. Um, Whoa. I listened to your interview last roll? week and it was wonderful. What? Do we need a drum, drum roll? roll? Number one. By the way, that's terrible. It's um, really terrible. Casey, Octoon Casey. Hey, the German uh, Wunderkind. Wunderkind. At Octoon Casey uh, is the number one winner. Number two winner. Uh, every time. Wow. Speaking of Casey's, how about Michaela Casey? Hey. At Tearless Mama. God, I love that she won and Josh isn't going to win. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Um, well, who knows? Coming in at number three, Alexis at... Uh, LVJY Faith. Um, coming in at number four. <laughs> Susan Frazier at Frazier underscore RN. Didn't touch her. That's great. Um, and then coming in at number five. I'm sexy and I know it. Reverend <laughs> Kevin White at Rev Kev thirty three. Rev Dog. Uh, another announcement. Um, so we're we're also going to give away five books for Daniel Store's book. Just, uh, a, just a giveaway extravaganza. It is a giveaway. We're just we are just rain. giving people. I am um, never going to get a new computer at this rate. No, you're yes. not. Absolutely um, not. Uh, okay, so uh, we're, Daniel Store's. He was on the show a little bit ago. We talked about uh, Mary, and I said. You know we're good for eight copies if if you buy the book. Well, he made the book, um, so <laughs> literally like a week later. Yeah, so I was like, well, how dare you yeah, test right. me on whether or not you're going to buy eight copies? So we're going to get three for ourselves. Sorry guys. Yeah, yeah. I want to read um, it. Yeah, so, I, and then, I was actually going to buy one. Then I was going to like, eh, the podcast will yeah. buy me one. Yeah. All so right. and then we're going to give away five <laughs> copies as well. Um, awesome. That's currently on Twitter. Uh, it won't be our pinned tweet, so you're going to have to go and scroll through a little bit. Go to twitter.com/slash/pastors/podcast. Scroll down. To uh, five eight eighteen is the date that the tweet came yep. out, um, and uh, retweet it. Follow us, um, and the book is called "From Her Conception 
to the conception, the early life of the Virgin Mary as an icon for progressive advancement for the modern Catholic and check Christian. Check out that. Check out that interview with Daniel. It was really yeah, it was good. Yeah. really good. Really I really sure. hated to miss that. Dude, one. sharp. Yeah, he yep. is. Yep. All right, let's get into it. What are you drinking? Hey, 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 I've been thinking that if we're gonna get through this, we're gonna need That's some food. So hey, hey, what are you drinking? That is still my favorite. It's pretty topic. great. All right, uh, I am. No, no, we're not doing the fart noise for the interview. God. For the interview later, I am uh, drinking cider Geist. Um, it's bubbles, the rosé ale. Uh, uh, Cincinnati I, made. Okay, so I'd never had that. Uh, we had our uh, welcome monk. It doesn't Indiana. sound like that would be any good. No, it, it it's, it's very and light, and that's why I've never bought it. Because like, yeah. eh, I don't really want a, like a ciderish. The I do like ciders, but I'm not sure about rosé ciders. So um, the bubbles erupts with <laughs> effervescence, <laughs> and there it goes, uh, and evanescence. What is that? Evanescence. evanescence. It was a terrible Christian band. Never heard of the them. They weren't Christian. Quasi Christian. <laughs> They didn't claim um, Jesus as our Lord yeah. and Savior. That's so. that's from uh, that's via Andy Becker, actually. Andy, Andy Becker. Becker never heard of her. I love um, Andy. Yeah, she's wonderful. She brought she brought like three coolers. Igloo, uh, Strawberry red wine. <laughs> Will you 17? shut up? <laughs> she brought three styrofoam coolers of beer up to get rid of and it's now on the the official pastor's beer cooler team. yeah we have a that was uh, we're gonna talk about it in the this okay, discussed in the pub um was, yeah i had one of those it's, it's actually good i was i, I, I was I believe you i was I fine just, with it yeah. yeah what else are you guys drinking i had a uh uh pedal to the kettle ale from upland in mm-hmm. bloomington my last one it's Sorry, man. It's, right. it's no, fantastic. It's, it's the passage beer. It hey, is. If you put something in the passage beer fridge, <laughs> it's, yeah, it it's belongs, right. It belongs to everyone. Yeah. Um, but man, it's it's, Send it's, us the electric it's such a good. I'm gonna start putting Bud Light. In that is Budweiser in how there. dare you? That's a beer that you could just sit and drink all day long. Yeah, it's good. It's so mm-hmm. good, so refreshing. Very good. And then we are having this that I'm. Mm, I'm okay with. Right. It's got a huge head. If you'd like to see the head, um, <laughs> go to Instagram in Glorious yeah. Pastards, and you can see how Same. large the head is on. All right. Uh, this is called Nefarious Harbor, New England IPA from um, Evil Check Brewery in Mishawaka, Indiana, uh, up by South Bend. It, it's fine. I've had better New England. Yeah, I've had. It's fine. I mean, it's not gross. It's just I would give it like a. I don't know, a two and a half out of five. Three, we don't actually three. rate the beers. I'd give it. A, I'd give it a three out of five. Yeah. All right. It's all right. Yep. Uh, BBC's is pretty good. Did They're you drink anything else, Matt? Oh yeah, I had the I had dragon's milk. I oh think, yeah, I think Davy Davy Slus Slus left those one here the other day. I'm pretty yeah, sure. I don't know how. I think Cinco de Monk. We've party. only had it once, right? Dragon's milk. No, nah, we've nah, had a couple we've different had, Well, we've had a couple of different iterations. But of I'm it. pretty sure it's like the official beer of the Pastor's Pub. It really, I would say that's everybody probably, gets it. Yeah, that's what the well, most should. the most common it's beer. It's really freaking good. So, yeah, it's also 11. percent So drink accordingly yeah yes plan, yep. plan your life accordingly yep. um this round is on the on on michael thomas monkton monk cinco de monk he bought us a bought us around uh michael thomas monkton is america's favorite gay jamaican gentleman <laughs> and, and newest indiana turd located in carmel indiana it's carmel i know okay i was intentionally calling it carmel there is a carmel california though and they actually do say carmel well slap him in the face uh <laughs> professionally monk has experience in sales inside and out uh marketing and customer service management personally monk is a classically trained concert 
violinist and Wait, teacher. I didn't know that. I did not know I that. I did know this. If you would have helped huh. him unpack, you might have Well, I was working. I was working. How dare you work. Dick nuts. <laughs> uh, so, Gosh. Uh, Monk is, uh, he is also a teacher, an amateur pianist, um, a beginner at the cellist, uh, the oh, devil's in cello. musical composition. Mm-hmm. Love the cello. Yeah. How does he dabble in musical composition and has not written us a theme song yet? He does Monk. nothing. He does nothing. Yeah, he does Monk. nothing with Bob Marley. Cover. I want to hear. I want either a violin <laughs> or, or cello heavy song. That was Bobby McFerrin, not Bob Marley. God, those two things. Same, wow. same guy. Not even. No, clo- same not guy. even close. Same nope. guy. Nope. It's on the same station. Nope. I get it. Whatever. You're, you're the war. Uh, educationally, Monk is an online psychology student. For fun, he enjoys all the fine wines, cheeses, and witty comments he can afford. Monk discovered uh, the Inglorious Pastors podcast in April of 2017. It has been life-changing as it provided him the first community he's ever uh, been really able to be 100% real. The weekly podcast humor discussions... uh, and especially the daily involvement with the community in the pub helped bring healing during a time where Christian culture had left uh, deep and painful wounds. Mm-hmm. Monk is thankful to be a turd and plans to be the uh, be involved in this community as long as it continues to exist forever. He literally joined the pub and we met him a week later. Yeah. He drove to Indiana yes. from Tennessee. Great, great yep, idea. and now yeah. he lives in Indiana. Fantastic. He's great, ours great now. Dude. Take that. Yeah, people are moving to Indiana because they're people that met via this podcast. Let's yeah. let's just wrap our yeah. minds around that. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Um, so uh, before I, I give the little spiel about um, the, the the beer fridge, um, Andy Redwine online said that we should call the beer fridge uh, uh, your heaven. That should be the name. <laughs> oh, so that's a that, good idea. With that, if you'd like to get inside our heaven. Just get inside your heaven. DM me for the address. Uh, Buy us around. Uh, Go to (laughs) patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Just just play it, Michael. I can't believe he has it. it. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) They had it. So when I was... When I was digging around online for fridges, like I kind of, I did a little bit of shopping. There for like was like Carrie Underwood's a special good fridge, or, a good three or four minutes, <laughs> or was it the Bo? No, bites? there was one that was there was the one that had like Bo Bice. Got to business up front, partying in the back. Is that him? Yeah, that's Bo Bice. That's a wow. They had one that had chalkboard paint on it. Oh. That you could do chalk. I almost if Walmart that's had had not that. super necessary. No, it's not. Yeah. We could have written on it. Yeah. Well, well. you're heaven. Well, we didn't. And you then could you could also write on in a marker. Your and then you could have opened it up. And All right. You could have reached inside. Go to patreon.com slash pastors podcast. Uh, we offer exclusive Brad, episodes you, you've been of gone for pastors months. community church, funny? pub crawl, turd talk, hymns of reconstruction, uh, and love, special music. I love At that he's just level, plowing right through. Uh, you will get access to the pastors pub. Monk's in there. It's a close Facebook group Monk's, where we talk about life, <laughs> spirituality, and just about everything else. Things discussed in the pub this week, the official Pastors Beer Fridge TM, also named Your Heaven by Andy Redwine. Uh, people guessing at who is coming on the show. Uh, there's another thing discussed in the pub. because yeah, Nobody guessed it correctly. Nope, not, not even Not a close. single person. I expect there were some very close yes. like guesses where yeah. I was like, you were very close in the, in the very realm of what's going on, but not. Um, we also discussed, should you teach Sunday school during deconstruction? Yeah, that was a that's an interesting conversation. A, yeah, yeah, it is, and yeah. that's because we I'm were not all sure. Con- there's a really cut and dry answer for that yeah. either. Yeah. Well, and I think that like 
I mean, we were all going through deconstruction at yeah. some, to some extent. I was, a youth, so, I was a youth pastor and completely destroying my faith, like yeah. d- just tearing it's it really to the ground. Hard. It's hard. And then trying to like not piss parents off at the same time, but also bring the kid, the students along with me. Try and, to teach them about Jesus. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Fancy that. I mean, seriously, like that's essentially what it was. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, know. I mean, Michael was there when I was trying to do it. Yeah. Like it was, it was hard. Uh, we also discussed Trump coming to Indiana this Thursday. Ugh. Hide your wife, hide your kids. Yeah. Especially your wife and your kids. And <laughs> really, definitely your wife. You know, definitely anyone <laughs> that you like. Anyone. Just hide them. Oh, boy. Um, also, we talked about how you, we should ban Viagra because impotence is God's will. That's a joke. Yes, it's, yes, a, it's a joke. It's a, it's a joke. All right. <laughs> All right. Are we just not going to talk about... The fact that I was gone for a month. That so okay. So that's exactly what we're no, talking we're about. fucking not. <laughs> so well, all right, so, don't get special treatment. Just because I'm you, not asking for special so, treatment. So this this comes into. I just think people are yes. owed a response. Uh, okay. Uh, yes. Okay. It's so, because you fucked off is, for a month. Uh, this is this this is the segment that okay. we're gonna do. Okay. Can we so, talk about the existential crisis that Mike and I Michael and I had while you were go- while you fucked off? I don't really think me like dealing with my own depression is considered fucking off, but all right, sure. Okay. I'll play your game. How dare you fuck off? Brad? Yeah, exactly. You left us with our literal Jeez. dick in our literal hands. <laughs> More so than usual. Oh yes. boy. Uh, all right. The, what are we doing? Up? What's this segment? Okay. So it is a little bit awkward. So uh, four weeks ago, Brad Great. left. Left the podcast quickly and without warning. Um, yeah, that was we, a super awesome work. Day. Yeah, uh, we weren't sure if he was coming back. <laughs> it was just about you, though, so don't worry about it, Matt. So we, <laughs> everything's about me. So fuck you. Jeez. Uh, so you so what? We we weren't really sure if Brad was coming back. Honestly, we we weren't sure. So the last couple weeks, we've actually been planning his funeral. Brad, <laughs> um, neat. So uh, we. <laughs> Before we go into our funeral, do we want to talk about why you left? Or are well, we good I can with probably talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, it. I... Hello, darkness, my old friend. All right, talk about I it. Come to talk with you again. This is just... That's just great. Go ahead. You know, it's... it's it, it, what really brought me back was just the, the loving support of my, my brother and, and one of my closest friends. Hey, I was very supportive. Support, you were. Matt's supportive. terrible. Matt was um, not. Oh my God! Matt almost quit the podcast. He did. Too. Uh, so I realized I okay. I I realized I've been struggling with depression for years, like clinical yeah. depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize it. Um, Neither did we. I think there's a lot. Well, I mean, I think that's you know. Yeah. Well, I think that that was that was most, so for Michael and I. We talked. We talked behind your back. That was what we talked about. Was that like your content? was so fucking good over the last couple months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I mean, I what? Mean, I appreciate that's, that. That's why it was shocking for yeah. us. That like, yeah. like, you'd really been never more connected than yeah. you are now. So. Um, uh, yeah, it was, It this was kind of the only thing I could get rid of while I tried to get at least some semblance of my shit together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was just, I don't know. It was just, it was getting bad at home and because of me, because I didn't realize what I was actually struggling with. I just thought I was kind of going through a funk or. Yeah just whatever. Um, and then I just, I, it was kind of a, definitely a thing that I woke up that morning. I was like, I'm quitting the podcast. Um, it was, I mean, I'd been sort of kicking around the idea of like, yeah, I'm not really gonna do it. Then it was like, something's got to give, which is crazy and, because I talked to you that morning. Yeah, I know. And you were fine. Yeah. Well, I wasn't, well, I know I you weren't fine. I see that now. Sure. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. So I, um, made a doctor's, I actually had a doctor's appointment coming up like a few days later. Uh, it was just a checkup, but, uh, you know, the doctor was like, I actually, I had talked to Mandy about it. She was like, you need to talk to the doctor about, you know, maybe potentially getting on mm-hmm. some medication or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to do that. I will. And like, as that date got closer, I was kind of talking myself out of it. Yep. Realizing yeah. of course that I, I realized this later as I was thinking about it was how much former evangelical Christian chaff mm-hmm. I still have up in my brain. Yep. Yeah. Um, that I think a lot of that subconsciously was leading me to go, yeah, I don't really don't need that. I don't need it. I can just pray my way out of this or I can, um, you know, I can just try harder or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So, well, I think your Enneagram personality sort of plays. I don't even too. know what my Enneagram personality is. I have no yeah. clue. Every time I take a test, it's different. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, went to the doctor and I actually went to the doctor that morning and I had talked myself out of it. Like almost talked myself out of even mentioning anything to the doctor. And he came, the nurse came in. She's like, is there anything you want to talk to the doctor about? I'm like, well, like I'm almost 40 and everything fucking hurts. Uh, so I want to talk about all that. And I said, I'm kind of been struggling maybe with some depression. And so she's like, okay, I'll hold on one second. She leaves the room. I'm like, all right. So she brings back. It's like a national yeah, questionnaire I t- thing. I, I don't even know. It's not a test. I don't, whatever you call it. Evaluation. It's an evaluation. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like a one page single thing. Like I remember you sent it to me. Yeah. So I took it and it was like, my eyes were open. I mean, I checked all the boxes. Yep. Um, yeah. You sent it to me like, well, <laughs> yeah, I sent yeah. it to Mandy and I sent it to you and I was like, well, that explains a lot. And mm-hmm. it was like, I kind of felt a weight lift and I was like, oh, this is what it's been yep. yeah. for yep. years years mm-hmm. um and i've explained it away i've gone through sort of more some better phases and then kind of had these these more these which darker, is what depression does yeah totally yeah. uh one of the one of my main symptoms uh of depression is pushing chronic masturbation uh no that's one of the benefits uh gotta gotta lift the mood somehow yeah a little pros and cons yeah a little segment. pros and cons um one of the <laughs> Um, one of my main symptoms is pushing people away, not feeling that I'm loved at all. Yeah. Um, pushing people away that love me, basically kind of keeping them at a distance and, um, not believing that I'm worthy of any sort of love at all. We love you, Bobby. It had gotten so bad. I actually, I'm saying this on the podcast. I've only told you two about this, but that I actually asked Mandy like the week before, I'm like, are you cheating on me? Yeah. Which is completely ridiculous. Like, yeah, I right. know there's that's not there's no evidence whatsoever yeah. that she would have been. I had created an entire narrative in my mind yep. of why would this woman who's been my <laughs> been my wife for almost two decades. Yeah. yeah. Like, why would why would she love me? Right. And I had created this whole narrative and I had created these scenarios of, oh, this is why she's doing this or this is why she's doing this. And she literally was like, <laughs> wait, are you serious? Yeah. When I, and I was like, yeah, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And so like, it, it was funny because that day I had posted why I was leaving the podcast yeah. for a while. I wasn't sure if I was going to come back, honestly. Yeah. Um, so when we say we were not sure, we definitely well, were not sure. So yeah. And I wasn't you, sure Before either. you go any further. So you, that post that you put in the pub. Yeah. And all the comments. Yeah. I have a folder that says Brad stuff. What's that mean? 
That's it's creepy. all those comments. Yeah. I screenshot it. And you know what's funny? In case you struggle. Well, I was, I was going to mention that because yeah. all those people, every, and I had people in the pub send me messages and texts and different things. Hey, we're thinking about you. We love you. And you know what's funny is even in that time, I didn't really believe any of I know. It. I was like they did, I, I, I even said to Mandy, and I'm like, I mean, it's nice, but every, they have to say that stuff. Yeah. That's where I was at as yeah. a person. Uh, I've been on a kind of a low dose of medicine the last it's been about four weeks yeah i'm feeling a lot better yeah um i'm just feeling more even it's kind of hard to describe i don't feel like a zombie i feel like me yeah like a me that i should be you know what i'm saying yeah, like absolutely um dude totally get it. i don't feel <laughs> different like i don't feel like a different person i just feel like it just feels good and more, i don't know i don't more you yeah more you me and i don't like i said i'm not a zombie i'm not uh, I'm not waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety attacks over nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. which was a major symptom of mine. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I just want to say, I appreciate everybody's support. I've had a lot of people touch base with me and just say, how you doing? Yeah. You know, we love you, whatever. I really appreciate it. And I'm starting to believe that that's true. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm yeah. back. So, and he's back. And he's back. And we back. There it is. Well, and I. And we back. I mean, I, and we back. And we back. <laughs> uh, Thank you, Chance. There we go. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, and I and I. I mean, I told you. I said it's interesting that you that I went through. I've gone through. I'm going through therapy. Right. And I've gone to every other week now, just sort of as a maintenance thing. And there's there's some other stuff I want to work on. And I will I will work on. But it's interesting that I was coming out of probably one of the darker times in my life. And you were entering into one of the darker times. Yeah. Dealing with essentially the same shit. I'm next bitches. Get ready. What's interesting. (laughs) If Michael gets depressed, we're all fucked. What's, what's interesting is what I lead everything. What's interesting (laughs) is what I realized was I had been in a dark place for a long, long time. Yeah. And you can mask it. Yeah. You can mask that shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thing is I couldn't mask it with my wife and my kids either. Like, yep. You know, I think it manifests as anger a lot. It does, and just and it's just born out of frustration, like, and anxiety, and you know when you get when you when you have anxiety, frustration and anger come out a lot. Yep, because you, it's almost like a natural reaction of I can't control whatever. Um, I've found myself enjoying my my kids more, my yeah. wife, like, and and just enjoying them for who they are, not enjoying them for who I am anxious for them to be. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been good. It, it was a good break. It was a needed break. Um, I feel kind of refreshed and ready to go. I'll be dropping some PCC stuff at some point. I don't know if it's going to be weekly anymore. Okay. But it's going to be when I when the mood hits. And okay. When I, when I have some things to say. So I've got some stuff I'm working on now. But uh thank you everybody for the are you, support are you gonna finish up your cliffhanger that you left us in? i probably will actually you, you better you motherfucker i've got some i've got some Major stuff on cliffhanger i've got some stuff on freedom we had, uh, we had oh and thank you that off the feed. thank you brian o- odin for filling in that week yeah, uh, it was good. really really good it's really good yep. yeah um really really good thank you so much so uh, in case you're that. wondering what the pub is about like that's what it's about. Like all the mess. Like I can't tell you. It's an last, actual community. After la- over the last six months, like with Beth's cancer, yeah. With my, you know, when I went into therapy, people contacted me. Hey, I've been through this. What what can I do? I have people check up on me. I put a post in the pub the other day about how I'm just kind of just down a little bit. Like yeah. it's just kind of a weird time. 
I mean, grandma died. We just found out grandpa has fucking stomach cancer. Like, yeah, it's been a, it's, it's been a, a yeah. pretty bad six it's months been, for the family. It's been bad. Like, yeah. it really has been hard. And I know people are going through really like yeah. more worse yeah. stuff, but yep. it's been bad. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and and I have I've had I had three three or four people like just text me like they like a lot of the herds have my number and thank thank you for not sending dick. That's weird. Um, <laughs> send black dicks. To no, Matt. let's let's not do that. God damn it! Do it. <laughs> All right, keep going. But like this, just like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, you know, one one guy, uh, uh, Ruben, uh, Ruben Hood, missed you. Yep. Yeah, he's checked up on me a yeah. couple times. He said, and, hey, yeah. I got your, like, he told me the other day, I got your six. Yeah. So like, I mean, just that, you know, uh, Nicole uh, texted me and said, hey, yeah. how you yeah. doing? I'm, I'm okay today. Like, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm tired, but I'm doing okay. Uh, multiple people texted me. So it's yeah. just, that's what the pub is. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking dollar a month. Like, yep. if that's what you're <clears throat> looking for. Get into it. You will find it there. So, there all right, go. we need to we need to to speed this along because I've got quite the show for you guys. Yep. All right. Um. So, like I said, the last couple of weeks we've actually been planning Brad's funeral. Um. <laughs> so we reached out to a handful of people to give a brief eulogy oh, and memoriam of Brad. I've heard a few of them. It's pretty magnificent. Uh, so. <laughs> <clears throat> Our By plan. the way, I have I had no idea this yeah. was coming. So uh, unfortunately, Brad decided to come back. So <laughs> I just let me do mine first. Let me just do my little. No, wait, wait, let me let me finish my thing. Okay, okay, okay. So um, uh, since Zombie Brad is here, uh, we decided that we are going to do a living funeral. Uh, Brad, if you ever wanted to know what people will say about you, uh, here we go. Um, we, let me do mine. We're gonna quick. we're gonna call this segment. Brad is dead to me. All right, okay. go ahead, Matt. So Take us away. If I just want you to know what you mean to me, okay? okay. And these are the only words I could find. That's that's great. Uh, what I needed was a P- Peter Cetera shout out. You know, I struggled with whether I do this or I wait till the key change. I mean, the key change is it's pretty good. Here's mine. It's a little bit awkward, but. <laughs> <All right. laughs> okay, it is. It is awkward. All right. Try, try not to. So, for these, I can't pause. So, try, yeah. try not to. Right. Try not to make too much. I mean, you can. Yeah. All right. All right. Go ahead. Just hit play. Here we go. Brad was a good bowler and a good man. He was one of us. He was a man who loved the outdoors and bowling. And as a surfer, he explored the beaches of Southern California from La Jolla to Leo Correo and up to Pismo. He died. He died as so many young men of his generation before his time. In your wisdom, Lord, you took him. And you took so many bright, flowering young men. A caisson, lawn dock, and Hill 364. These young men gave their lives. So did Brad. Brad, who loved bowling. And so, Bradley, Michael, Polly, in accordance with what we think your dying wishes might very well have been, we commend your final mortal remains to the bosom of the Pacific Ocean, which you love so well. Good night. Sweet, sweet prince. prince, dude, he nailed the timing. That, so that was Joshua Malkovich yep. Casey. He, 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 he texted me. So good. He texted me. He's like, "What's Brad's middle name?" I was like, "Uh, it's Bradley Michael." <laughs> okay, thanks. That's all I knew. So, I, if you haven't seen Big Lebowski, that will make no sense. But yep. if you have, that's pretty hilarious. Oh, right, we got we got quite a few of these. <clears> so oh let's, here we go. All right. here's next. 
Hey guys, it's Andy Redwine and, and Ron Becker here. We're standing with you guys. I mean, I can't believe that we're never going to guess again whose voice we're listening to. I don't know how we're going to go on, but we're going to all keep together. We're going to stay together. <clears throat> we're going to stay together. We're going to hold fast. And, um, you know, we love you guys. We love you, Brad. <laughs> God, this is the weirdest thing we have ever done on this podcast. God, this is so weird. Ron was aces on that. He was. Okay, here's the next one. Hello, my name is Dan Summers, and I'm here to talk about Brad Polly and who he was to me. Um, But I'd rather ask, what was Brad Polly? And he was my spirit animal, and now that he's gone, I don't think I can find anybody as... um, beautifully angry as him um, I'm gonna miss his dick jokes and um, yeah I don't have much more I can say about it he's gonna be missed oh and, my uh, easily replaced we miss you Brad <laughs> he got his kids involved that's amazing wow so he said dick jokes yes yeah. I heard that and he also said easily replaced oh man uh, okay here's another one Hi, it's Tracy from the pub. It is truly my honor to share a few words about our dearly departed friend, Brad Polly. My favorite Brad memory, well, my only real Brad memory, is that time I met him face to face at the 100th episode. I now regret having had so much to drink because all of my Brad memories are very fuzzy and cause me to have this nasty bile taste in my mouth. Not sure if that's from Brad or all the beer. It really could go either way. Anyway, had I known that would be my only chance to meet that woolly-faced bastard, I would have shown a bit more self-control that night. Sure, he was the consummate angry guy on the internet, but he was our angry guy, and we will truly miss him. Rest in peace, brother. Man. Wow, I uh, I'm not yep. really sure what to say actually. Oh, buckle up, there's more. Oh. Hello, uh, this is Brian O'Dean. Um, thank you all uh, for for being here um, to celebrate the life of Brad Polly. This is a difficult time for all of us. Nobody <laughs> um, nobody expected this really, <clears throat> and um, I'm just really glad that we're all here together um, to support each other. Um, <laughs> As as we mourn as we mourn the loss of Brad, he will be hard. Um, he'll be hard to get over. <laughs> um, I I just know there's a song that um, that I have been listening to that has been giving me a lot of hope. So um, I wanted to share a little bit of it with you. This one goes out to you, Brad. Your love is like a river, peaceful and deep. Your soul is like a secret that I never could keep. When I look into your eyes, I know that it's true. God must have spent a little more time on you. God. Oh, man. Oh. We're, not, we're not done yet. Keep this train going. I'm Lucas Allen, friend of the podcast and occasional stand-in for Brad. His shoes were hard to fill. They were big shoes. I mean big shoes. (laughs) This was always kept under wraps, but 
Now that he's gone, I'm not ashamed to admit Brad and I were secret lovers. <laughs> but what I need you to know is the size of the shoe is not a reliable indication of what the wearer is packing. I was disappointed, to say the least. But I digress. I can't tell you how crushed I was to hear about Brad's passing. I promised myself I wouldn't do this. Brad was the secret sauce to the Bastards podcast. He would stir the pot, even if it didn't need stirring. Even though everyone else was like, Brad talks too much, I wanted more. And now I'll never get it. Never, never gonna get it. I just keep thinking about Mandy and the kids. Like, mainly if Mandy's interested in a sister-wife situation. And if the kids have somewhere else to go, because I don't need any more of that noise. Anyway, Brad, wherever you are, let's just say you believe in hell now. You'll be missed. We'll carry on your light, your dim, fading, flickering light. Rest in peace, and put in a good word for the rest of us with the Dark Lord of the Underworld. Oh, man. That is so good. God, this podcast... As much of a mess as it is, this is it's, a beautiful, beautiful mess. We're not done yet. Oh, we're not done. I had heard. Uh, I haven't heard some of these. Hello, my name is Becky Seville, Queen Sauron. She who shit should be taken elsewhere. I'm just in shock. I feel like I was just getting to know Brad, and now he's gone. As a fellow Enneagram Five, he was the only pastor who really understood me. I'll try to be strong, but I may break down in tears when the weekly reminder that he's no longer with us drops in my podcast attic each Wednesday night. I'll miss you, Bubby. Gone, but never forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Pour one out for Brad. All right. Hi, this is Stephanie Rice, emo correspondent, and I don't really have anything to say other than a confession. In my mind, Brad was always the hot Polly. (laughs) Who was that? Stephanie Rice. Rice. (laughs) You know what? The first like eight times I heard that, I thought she said the hot bastard. And I just now heard it's Polly. So it's just out of you two. So I feel much better. Everybody knows you're the sexiest. That's a pretty low bar, though, by the way. Oh, the hot Polly. Hot Polly. (laughs) All right. Um, (laughs) We got got a few more. Here we go. Hello, Brad, and welcome to The Void. In honor of your arrival, we will be serving our all-you-can-eat baked baby buffet starting today at 5.30. Freaking there will also be a rave this evening hosted by DJ Bleep Bloop to play all of your favorite bangers. Thank you for choosing The Void for all of your after-death needs. <laughs> well done. Oh, that was Billy man. Patterson, friends. <laughs> National treasure. All right, here's another one. Hey guys, this is Brandon, and I, I wanted to um, just express my condolences, and I had a lot of really good, important things to say um, about Brad and his life, and I was going to share those, but I have to say that there was something really weird that happened um, just a few minutes ago, right before I was getting ready to record. Um, on my phone, I got a voicemail uh, message that the caller ID came up as 666, <laughs> which you know kind of spooked me out. Um, so I didn't pick it up. 
and then there was a message. And so I listened to it a little bit later and I thought I I would share it with you guys. (laughs) Hey, this is Satan. I've had Brad Polly here for the last 30 days and I'm sending him back. He's having way too much fun. He's been drinking excessively, swearing too much, and laughing at too many dick jokes. I'm sending this fool back to you immediately. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is... Oh, goodness. Man. Oh. How, how many more you got? Just a few more. <laughs> This was a, this was a project. Just, Michael, a, just a handful. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, here's the next one. Hey, this is Haley, and I'm just gonna say a few words about Brad. Brad has touched so many of our lives, mostly through his podcast, where he really has such a pastoral heart and can bring a lot of wisdom, um, and also sometimes anger and a real wondering why he does this dumb thing Um, but it really has helped so many of us and the community that he helped to create has been so monumental in so many of our lives and we are really going to miss brad Um, but as we pour one out for brad let's remember the silver lining of this situation which is that now we'll always be able to tell which polly is talking there it is miss you brad God. The music is little, amazing. Little shop of horrors. Yeah. All right. Uh, mm. Here's one just from a drunk guy so <laughs> off the streets. Hi, my name's Ian. <laughs> so, who that we're talking about here? Bra- Brad who? Polly? He was on last week. He did the whole story about the man shitting on the toilet, his whole, you know, rectum falling out thing. Matt? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, Brad, Polly. They're two different people. Oh. Uh, okay. Yeah, well, in, in that case, yeah, I, I miss him. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. Wow. Two people. Who would have thought? Oh, my Lord. What an Irish treasure. So, oh. this next one is a two-parter from one person. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Oh, this was the last one. So I'll do the first part, then we'll do the second part. Hello, everyone. When asked if I wanted to write a Yagoogly for Brad, my first thought was, how am I, Texas Ranger, going to be able to honor the man that he was? It's impossible to describe his life, his impact, and his legacy. You had to experience it. To Matt Polly, Brad was the best bubby. And to Mandy Polly, Brad was the best hubby. And to think of the special bond that they shared, it's easy to see why Michael called Brad the best daddy. (laughs) Of course, to the majority of us, Brad will always be the best pastored. So to the spirit of the man who was Brad, I say, rest easy, our sweetest bubby hubby daddy pastored. You are cherished. (laughs) God, that's awesome. Uh, and here's the, the second part because it's only fitting that at any uh, funeral there is a, an awful song involved. <laughs> oh, great. So, here we go. When thinking about who Brad was, <laughs> words fall short. So I've chosen to honor him the best way a Texas Ranger knows how. 
through the power of song. And if you know the words, please sing with me. And either way, allow it to touch your soul. Brad, this one's for you. Every night in my dreams, I see you, I feel you. That is how I know you. Go on. Every night I touch you. Don't tell Mandy I'm with you. That is how you show you. Go on. Near, far, wherever you are. We all know that your heart will go on and on. Man, that is amazing. Can All I right. just say, she has a really great yeah. voice. I had no idea. It was great. Oh, Who my knew? God. Walk is, you know what's really, it's so freaking weird listening to all that. Uh, this is going to sound so weird. I've been pondering my own mortality lately. <laughs> so for you just hit yourself in the lip with your No, microphone. I hit myself in the tooth with the microphone. Jeez. I've been pondering my own mortality. You know how freaking weird it is to sit here and listen to people read eulogies about you <laughs> when you've been Googling. thinking about that? Yep. Oh, God. So, Thank you, everybody. God, that, that was amazing. pretty funny. So, Yeah, yeah oh, thanks, everybody that wow. participated. We Welcome back, we, buddy. Yeah, thanks. Well, thanks, everybody. Pour one out for Brad. <laughs> and thank you to uh, Lucas and Bojangles and Josh who uh, yes. filled in. And thank Brian, you. who helped out with PCC. Yes, yep. yes. Yep. Thank you. We appreciate it. Boy, All right. don't call us, we'll call you. That was really, really something. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your fears. We're headed into the new speed. All right, so this first one we've got is from Stephanie Rice. Hey! Steffi, um, Steffi Rice Rice. Steffi, right. Steffi Rice Rice. I wonder if anybody <clears throat> calls her Steffi. I doubt it. Maybe her um, husband. She was in uh, For Whom the Bell Dings. She did a fill-in episode. She was really great. Nice. Um, so she says, I'm doing a sequel to my Tiger Raccoon story because this is effing hilarious. Why did she say effing? That's weird. Um, <laughs> I've never uh, heard Stephanie just censor yes, herself or yeah. anyone in our yeah. pub to censor themselves. Uh, there are videos you can Google. Uh, you can Google this, but um, I was born in Youngstown, so this is a very, a very appropriate for me. Um, so let me find the news article. Shit, she's way up there where Beth was. Yeah, actually. Uh, Zombie-like raccoons standing on their hind legs are terrorizing a town in Ohio. (laughs) Um, So uh, raccoons are literally on their hind legs um, in an inevitable reboot of Night of the Walking Dead and another Walking Dead spinoff. So uh, it... It has authorities looking for answers. So police in Youngstown, Ohio, have responded to over a dozen calls from concerned humans uh, who have spotted raccoons. Wait, let's talk about the fact they have clarify from humans. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> raccoons are picking That's up their right. cell phones. Well, you never know. <laughs> That's right. So they, yeah. they have spotted it's a, raccoons. It's an important distinction. Yeah, it is. Spotted raccoons behaving strangely. According to local news, uh, the raccoons were seen popping up onto their hind legs, um, <laughs> baring their teeth, and then falling over in a comatose state. The animals uh, weren't easy to scare off either and have seemed to lost most of their natural fear of humans. Um, so it, 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 
If that wasn't odd enough, the majority of the sightings and calls happen in the daytime, even though raccoons are nocturnal. Yeah, uh, I've actually heard about this, and it's really weird. I had a... Thanks, <laughs> I was, climate change. I was working... Not, no, it's not a climate change. It's like <laughs> like uh, rabies or something. It's oh, something. Neat. So basically, there's... I, I don't know if it's rabies or something similar to rabies in raccoons, where they basically turn into like... They call them like zombie raccoons. So... If, if you ever meet a raccoon that's out in the daytime, stay the hell away from that raccoon because yep. they will literally yeah. like come after you sort of like zombies and they can actually like infect humans with whatever this is. So they call them like zombie raccoons. Neat. So I want to get that. We, <laughs> Mandy calls me a while, but I was dry. I was working. I think it was on a weekend or something. And she calls me. She's like, so, <laughs> so I guess. Miles walks through the our five year old walks through the living room and he looks out in our side yard and goes, "There's a what's that dog or, or, or what's that dog on our patio? We have a fenced in side yard." Yeah, like, right. and Mandy's like, "What?" And she looks out there. It's a freaking raccoon staring in our window oh. in the middle of the daytime. It's got binoculars. That's and she creepy. said, "Like, so she said she." like michael goes out there and as she walks as she walks toward the door it kind of walks away but then she said it was acting really weird i'm like stay away from that like they will literally there's like some weird disease or something that some raccoons can get where they're called they call them it's called it's called uh distemper distemper that's it you need nine iron that shit with a fucking (laughs) sledgehammer is what you need to do yeah i know send it over the it can be spread to dogs uh yeah as well yep and the dogs Fantastic. turn into zombies. Yeah. So oh, if great. you ever see one that's awake during the day, God. stay away. Yep. Um, God damn it, Stephanie. Why do you? <laughs> like, I never had to worry about raccoons. Now I got to yes. fucking worry about raccoons now. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. Neat. Bugs and raccoons. Smiles. Worst nightmares. <laughs> um, okay. So what do you guys got? Uh, oh, thanks, I Stephanie got, Rice. I Thank got you. one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a almost 12-year-old at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's a not tween. Is he's, that he's a tween. He's not. He's he's a piece of work at times, but he's not. He's not That's quite not where I thought well, we were going with piece quite of, as big. He of is a, piece, a poly. Quite, quite a big yeah. a piece of work as this 12 year old got pissed at his parents and ran away to Bali on their dime. Nice. Damn. Yep. That's impressive. Uh, according to Australian TV news show, a current affair. They have that in Australia. All right. Uh, the All right. Sydney based kid who's with Bill so O'Reilly. Did huh? he do current affair? Yeah, right? was a Bill O'Reilly card inside yeah. edition. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> Fucking thing sucks. Yeah, that was him on a current. <laughs> That'll be on your soundboard next week. <laughs> Brad imitating Bill O'Reilly. Fuck it. All right. <laughs> um. Yeah, that was it. that's still my favorite internet clip of all time. Is yeah, him freaking it. out on a current affair. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this the show just refers to this kid as Drew. In quotes, got I pissed drew. at his parents, presumably over a game of Fortnite or something, and hatched a plan <laughs> to escape. After researching rules about minors flying without adults online, he stole his family's credit card and scootered off to the airport. Oh, where shit. he hopped on an international flight to Bali. Nice. God damn. Why would you choose Bali? By the time, he, okay, this is a little weird. By the time his parents realized he was gone, the kid had already checked into an Indonesian hotel and settled into his vacation. Nice. Like, how bad of a parent do you have to be to go, that's hours, like, hours and hours. Well, if he did it at night and they slept still, eight hours, like, still. 
Australia and Indonesia, not super close to each other. Don't you, if you know, look like, at a map? Like, don't you have to have like ID? I uh, apparently to, like, not get in on Australia. So, hey, mate. Yeah. Put another shrimp on the bobby. Uh, so yeah. Uh, he was stopped at Got once at the airport. He was okay. So he was stopped once at the airport, but the airline let him go after checking his passport. He had a passport. Yep. Well, I mean, he well, might have just had a passport. Obviously, I mean, he can, kids. If, he's, if he had traveled with his parents. Um, yeah, so they're uh, furious. Drew's mom quickly got on her own flight to Bali to retrieve her kid. Oh, I bet that went really poorly. You son of a bitch. Yeah. You're so uh, you're a depending on your depending on your your viewpoint, this kid is either a legend or just an absolute shithead. Yeah, shithead. that deserves anything coming shit. his way. Little column A. Little column I'm, B. I, I'm saying a little column because it isn't my kid. I'm saying a little bit of a legend. If it was my kid, yeah. I, he would never be on. He would have yeah. He, he would, would have no responsibilities he was 18 left. And out of the house. Yep. Whatever happened to like movies like Blank Check and Home Alone, where kids just did terrible shit yeah I, know. I feel like that's a, a genre we're really missing right now yeah so if somebody could, yes. could are we missing it do blank check missing it, you might be blank check it. was fucking phenomenal i don't even know don't what that movie ask. is no it was this guy this kid had a blank check and he wrote it himself a million dollar check it was fucking awesome all right matt, it all in matt what do you have uh blank Car- check for the win cardinals catcher yadier and molina undergo surgery after taking a fastball to the dick and balls did you see this? I've heard about no. it. Holy shit. The slow motion on it. <laughs> Dude, it was at Cardinals, right? It was uh, Yadier Molina. Yadier Molina. Yeah, I yeah, said yeah. Cardinals catcher Yadier uh, Molina. I, I wasn't listening. Undergo surgery after taking fastball to the dick and balls. Boy. <sighs> From deadspin.com. It's listed. The it's, dick and balls. It's filed to nut shots. Yeah. Apparently they have a. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Oh, that's a gross sound. Ugh. Ugh. No shot. <laughs> On the list of worst case scenarios for baseball <clears throat> catchers, this sequence has got to rank somewhere near the top. Getting nailed in the junk by a deflected off the bat. Oh. 102 boy. mile per hour well, fastball. That probably <sighs> helped a little bit with requiring with surgery. Um, what do you need surgery for? Dude. Oh. You take a 100 mile an hour shot off the nutsack, yeah, you'll need surgery. Good. Your nuts aren't exactly made of steel, so buddy. Are they, are, they, are they just like flattened? Are they just like flattened like a pancake? I, this is the sound that you can made. rupture it. Yeah, that's the sound he made no. when he got hit in the balls. Yeah, I bet. Um, no, he underwent surgery I Saturday. Came in like the <laughs> ball. There it is. <laughs> Been a while since um, he used that one. He's gonna be out for a month. <laughs> I bet. Well, yeah. So, dude. I, so I really can't imagine what the next day was. So like. I read the comments. Do you get like nut reconstruction surgery? And so they I read the comments. He said it back together. Somebody said, I presume just from the mechanism impact that he's facing injuries ranging from lacerated scrotum mm. or penile contusion Boy. to ruptured testes or vascular slash urethral tears. The time frame of a month suggests more like lacerated therapy and all contusions with an off chance of uncomplicated testicular rupture. Yeah. Oh. His balls exploded, basically. Um, he's likely wow. to be peeing through a catheter for a while until the swelling goes down. Uh, apparently, the diagnosis was traumatic pelvic hematoma, whatever that means. I'd say that is traumatic. Um, yeah. Uh, this dude took a, took a shot in the balls. 102 mile fast. Deflected fastball to the balls. A shot to the Man. balls. Yeah, I You're can't even. So do you remember college playing Balls of Steel? Yeah, play that? that was really. Uh, I didn't play yeah. it much because I realized how stupid it was. I played bag like, tag. Bag. Well, it wasn't bag tag. It was more like we sat across, like yeah. the way our dorms were set up. Yeah. Beds were across from each other, so we would sit spread eagle. Some 
I, I'm pretty sure I played this naked at one point. You're I'm not really idiot. sure why. Ooh, wow. I did not. Why I, were I'm, you naked? I'm pretty sure I did. That's unnecessary. <sighs> it was Bible college. I'm pretty sure I played it wow. naked at one point with maybe my roommate or a friend. I don't remember. That's just so th- that's the just rule like, was that's sex, man. That's you bounce, gay sex. You bounce it having. once on the floor, and that was the rule. You had to bounce it once on the floor, and then it would hit you in the nuts. If you flinch, they got a free lob. If you're naked and trying to, it was either a lob, nuts. You either got a lob, or you got a, you they could slam it off the floor, off the ceiling, and try to hit you in the nuts with it. <clears throat> but you couldn't flinch. That was the rule. So what kind of, what kind of ball was it? A tennis ball. Okay. Yeah. So I played it with a uh, hacky sack and called it bag tag. Yeah. Essentially the same thing. Yeah. Just really stupid. Pretty much. Just yeah. really, yeah. really stupid. Yeah. Pretty yep. much. The things we do. <laughs> the things we do for love. The things we do for entertainment in Bible <laughs> yes. college. Like that was what yeah. we, like I played that more we than could, once. We could do a whole podcast on, on Bible college stupid repressed sexuality. Yeah. 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 Anyway. That's I mean, all gay I chicken is completely that. Play a lot of gay chicken too. Yep. I still do. Only on the weekends. I think you and I play get chicken, haven't we? Oh, I, I win every time. <laughs> Go I'm, sh- I'm sure I'll listen to that. Surprised find by that, that shocking. Yep. All right, so a couple of things. Um, product update: uh, U.S. <laughs> U.S. Creamery every week. U.S. Creamery concocts a. Uh, you didn't miss anything. A by the pork way. pork roll flavored ice cream. Ooh. Ooh so no. uh, New Jersey yeah. New Jersey Dairy Farm hopes uh, to to make some of nope. its customers happy with this new ice cream flavor incorporating another. Who, who is fucking asking well, for this? Had, a pork roll. So, um, who's asking for pork? Probably pork roll nobody. But people in New cream. Jersey. I would. Well, I would try a bite of it. Well, yeah. It looks delicious, honestly. Hey, wait. We have some people that live in the Jersey area, right? Yeah. Is this, this stuff this that's available for shipping? Windy Bow. Windy Brow. Paul Dodenoff. Hey, buddy. Yeah. You live in New Jersey. Is he in yeah. New Jersey? Yeah. It'd be hard to ship ice cream, though. No, you can Tracy's try close to New Jersey. Tracy? She's from New Jersey. Tracy or Paul, send us some shit. It also mixes French toast and actual pieces of pork roll. So, oh. Yeah, yeah. you know, I, but I, uh, here's what here's my prediction on that ice cream. It actually probably doesn't taste like pork at all. It just has yeah. pork in it. Well, like, I mean, yeah, it's you pork put, roll. Pork, bacon, same thing. It's going like, to just taste sweet. It's going to be good. I Candy bet it's fine. I've had bacon and ice cream. It's fantastic. Yeah. So I've had bacon. I've had, I made maple. Uh, I made maple maple bacon maple. ice cream. What maple? Maple. Maple bacon ice cream one time. Homemade ice cream. It's it was fantastic. Good. That place in Jasper. Man. Yeah. I need to get some of that. Yeah, man. Oh. All right. Uh, twins born on Star <laughs> Wars Day were named after Luke and Leia. So, oh, that's cool. What would they name them? <laughs> oh, George and Lucas. Gone. It's like on Ferris Bueller. Who's winning the game? It's zero zero. Who's winning? The, the Bears. Bears. <laughs> the Bears. All right. Um, that's a deep cut. Yeah, it is. God, it's a fantastic, fantastic. To, I've got a good Polly one. I've got a McDonald's one. And Michael, just Michael. read one. Indiana one. I'm gonna do the Indiana one. Okay. I do have a Polly one though. I'm saving. Um, so a Franklin man. This is Indiana. Um, Franklin's like 40 minutes from here. Yeah, yeah. it's not far. Uh, Franklin not Man 40 minutes. Yeah. was arrested and charged with operating while intoxicated on Saturday, uh, but he wasn't behind the wheel of a car. Lawnmower. Yep. 46-year-old yep. Barry Ridge. <laughs> while this today. While uh, uh, he was driving down the County Road 100 North on a red lawnmower, um, he... Uh, w- <laughs> Why the red lawnmower? It's was, a red lawnmower. Who fuck? Who the fuck cares what color it is? You get more why money if you put more words in the article. Yeah, why is that, why go. is that yeah. You got paid a penny a word. That's yep. why. Uh, so... Mm. Uh, so he was arrested for trunking, dri- drunk, drunkenly, Trunken? drunkenly Trunken? driving, <laughs> drunkenly, tr- drunkenly driving a lawnmower 
and also cutting someone else's grass. So, uh, <laughs> wait, that's <laughs> illegal. Yep. Well, while you're drunk, yeah. So it's around five p.m. He was already wasted. I feel and, like I feel like a guy doing an act of service, even while drunk, is probably okay. I mean, so someone hey, he's was probably, he's probably mowing figure eights and shit yeah. in the lawn, but like, yeah, whatever, right. as long as you mow it, I don't Some, care. Someone was upset that Ridge had driven into their their yard and started mowing the grass. Um, so officer said his eyes appeared to be glassy. He failed the breathalyzer, which uh, found his blood alcohol level to be a point one eight nine. Oh my god! Wow, zero eight. That is yeah. gone. That dude was hammered. So this isn't the uh, the first time he he's been arrested while uh, riding his lawnmower drunk. According to yeah. police records, he was arrested in a Kroger parking lot in Marion <laughs> County County for uh, operating the mower while intoxicated and causing a disturbance. Fun fact: We have a Starbucks we service in that very Kroger. Yep. Yeah, been there a few times. Yeah. So his husky lawnmower was impounded. <laughs> They found this lawnmower. How great is that? That's, you know that's, the cops that did that yeah. shit are just uh, laughing their asses yeah, That's a very super trooper. Is that they yeah, put a boot is. on it? Deal. Yeah, uh, they put a boot on it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. a great. That's all. That's a fantastic reference. Oh, it's really oh, funny. Man. All right. Well, I guess that'll be all for newsfeed. Yeah. Okay. This podcast is long enough. This yeah. is going to be a long one. All right. Um, That's what she said. Yes, that is indeed what <laughs> no, she said. No, it isn't. All right. Um, so today we have two guests on to talk about their documentary, The Gate, oh, Dawn man. of the Baha'i Faith. So we're going to kind of do three intros here, uh, one for the film and, and one yep. for each one of the do guests. It. So in the midst of religious intolerance and extremism, one religion, the Baha'i Faith, offers a path toward world peace by advocating the oneness of humanity's major religions. Mm. Now this groundbreaking documentary tells the amazing little-known story of the origins of the Baha'i faith. The Gate, Dawn of the Baha'i Faith, recounts the founding of this new world religion in Persia by the prophet known as the Bab. In the mid-1800s, Jews, Christians, and Muslims alike were awaiting the imminent arrival of a divine messenger. Beginning in 1844, the Bab's message, which included then controversial ideas like the oneness of major religions and the empowerment of women, spread like wildfire across the uh, region amidst uh, this religious climate. However, this groundbreaking new message presented a threat to religious and political leaders at the time, resulting in the relentless persecution of the Bob and his followers. The Bob and his message ultimately triumphed with a growing number of faithful. Today, the Baha'i religion is uh, practiced throughout the world by over 5 million people, uh, combining uh, dramatic in- uh, reenactments with interviews of renowned historians, religious scholars, the Baha'i and the Baha'i faith experts. The Gate, Dawn of the Baha'i Faith, celebrates the brief, exciting life of a prophet and the indelible impact his message uh, continues to have on the world today. Uh, the website for the film is thegatefilm.com. Uh, the link will be in the show notes as well. Rain Wilson is an actor, author, and philanthropist. Uh, Rain is an active member of the Baha'i Faith and an actor best known for playing the role of Dwight Schrute in NBC's Emmy-winning The Office. Uh, Wilson co-founded Soul Pancake, a digital media company that yeah, seeks good stuff. that seeks to tackle life's biggest questions, and the Lied Foundation, an educational 
initiative in rural Haiti that empowers at-risk women and girls through the arts. Also, can I mention that he was uh, really great as Harry Mudd in Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> um, Steve Sourowitz. Yeah, Sarowitz. Um, Sarowitz, yep. uh, executive producer and writer. Steve is the uh, founder and chairman of Paylocity, uh, a leading U.S. provider of bankroll and HR solutions. And in a, in addition, Steve also serves as the CEO of Blue Marble. Blue Marble, man, I got marbles in my mouth. Um, an international payroll provider and the director of Payscape, a UK bay, uh, <clears throat> sorry, UK payroll provider. Uh, he is also an international philanthropist uh, with an interesting. Uh, with, with an interest in promoting unity, universal education, and advocating the elimination of racism, sexism, uh, nationalism, and religious prejudice. He serves on the board at INCAT, uh, an organization that uh, builds state-of-the-art training centers in urban areas. He and his wife um, have a family foundation which supports over 50 worthy causes worldwide, including um, programs helping orphans, foster children, uh, refugees, and many other people in need. Steve lives in Highland Park, Illinois, with his wife and two children, two dogs, and a turtle named Duchess. <laughs> um, uh, when he's not working uh, or doing philanthropy, philanthropy, um, man, words, words are, are hard. hard. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can often find him guiding at the Baha'i Temple in nearby Wilmette, Illinois. These are two legit human beings. Yeah. God, I, this, I can't. I that'll can't come over, through. That'll come yeah. through in the interview too. Yep. Just incredibly great human beings. Just and, humble and gracious yep. and just really, they want things to be better. This was like, a, this was a fun one. Yeah. We don't talk enough in the interview about some, like the, how this religion translates to the work that they're doing, but um, it's, it's incredible. They're, yep. they're, they're incredible. Yep. So yep. Uh, without further ado, let's go further up, further in. Further up further in. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Here we are. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on the show. Um, our listeners are, are largely from a Christian background, um, and a lot of them are questioning their faith um, or deconstructing stuff like that. Um, my understanding is that Steve, um, you are relatively new to this faith. Can you talk about your spiritual background and what brought you to the Baha'i faith? Yes, um, I was raised Jewish. I heard about progressive revelation, the idea that God sends messengers progressively, and that not only was Moses valid, but Jesus was valid, and Muhammad was valid, and now the Bab and Baha'u'llah. And that made a lot more sense to me than the Jews are right and the Christians are wrong, or the Christians are right and the Jews are wrong. It, it seemed to me that if there was one God, as all the religions say, and all of the religions are pointing to that God, then it would make sense that the religions were kind of in unison trying to work together rather than opposing each other. That made little sense, because you have a billion and a half Muslims and two billion Christians, and even 15 million Jews all being just dead wrong made no sense. And the Baha'i faith said the essence of all faiths is one. So to believe in the Jewish Torah is good, except we should also believe in the Bible. And to believe in the Bible is good, except we should also believe in the Quran. And believe in the Quran is good, believe in the writing. That. And eventually, uh, after only 29 years of thinking about it, I became a Baha'i. <laughs> <laughs> only 29? I was going to ask what that process was like, but wow, that was uh, it's a long process. 
I, I didn't think about it really seriously till about a few years before I declared. That's a long story, and I want to let Rain get some talking in. He's the more interesting of us. <laughs> so, Rain, not true, not true. <laughs> um, Rain, our audience, uh, um, like I said, is, is predominantly Christian. So, uh, it, it's been documented that that you left this faith um, and then returned a decade or so later. Uh, what brought you back? Um. <clears throat> Yes, yeah, so I grew up a member of the Baha'i faith, which I've talked about on various places, podcasts. I wrote about it in my book, The Bassoon King. I grew up a member of the Baha'i faith, uh, which, like Steve summed up right there, was um, inclusive of all other faiths. So kind of reiterating a little bit of what Steve said, the Baha'is believe that, um, that Jesus is divine, and from God, and so is Krishna, and the Buddha, and and Muhammad, and Abraham, that they're all divine teachers, bringing essentially one message, one divine message. So I grew up believing this, and basically, you know, uh, I love your, your idea of, of heretical uh, disconstruction of your, of your faith. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I heretically uh, dis- deconstructed my faith when I was in my early 20s and I moved to New York City and I wanted to become an actor. And, you know, there's, there was a number of different reasons why I left the Baha'i faith and why I left kind of all religion completely. But um, first and foremost, I wanted to be a bohemian and live in New York City and be an actor and I didn't want um, there to be any um, morality. I didn't want to deal with morality. The idea mm. of um, having sex before marriage or uh, alcohol or drug use, um, which uh, both of those things are, are forbidden in the Baha'i faith, or forbidden is a pretty strong word, discouraged in the Baha'i <laughs> faith, put it that way. And it was also re- rebellion against my parents, uh, rebellion against my childhood. Um, moving to a place as secular as New York City uh, in the late 80s and early 90s where, you know, just God, the idea of God was that the idea of believing in a God or in a religious faith was a really backwards kind of thing. That's what grandmothers did. You know, they, <laughs> 89-year-old women go to church on Sundays. No one else really does. It's not relevant to our lives. It, it makes the world a much worse place, not a better place. This is what the kind of the young artists of New York City at that time period kind of believed. So I just went along with that and, um, uh, and, and left to on my journey to become an actor and going to NYU and living in Greenwich village and, you know, living a life of, of kind of, you know, I would say like debauchery is a too strong a word. It's not like I lived this debauched, uh, life, but, um, just kind of doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it without thought of any kind of moral or spiritual ramifications to what mm. I was doing. It, what was it that brought you back though? What, what was it that, uh, that changed that made you kind of just be like, I want to, I want to give this another shot. Yeah. So basically, um, what happened was all of my dreams came true. <laughs> And uh, seriously, I was living in uh, Brooklyn in an amazing three-bedroom apartment that my girlfriend at the time, now my wife, paid uh, $800 a week for. And it was, uh, I was living as an actor 
I was uh, working with some of the top theater directors in the world. I wasn't making a lot of money at it, but I was working as an actor. I never knew anyone in my family or um, uh, in in my in my in my suburb of Seattle that made any money being an artist. So I had pursued pursued this crazy course of being an actor, and here I was a professional actor. I had an agent and. Um, uh, living in New York City, I had an amazing life, and yet I wasn't happy. Hmm. I was unfulfilled. There was something uh, off inside. I, I it wasn't enough, and it just didn't make any sense to me. I was like, "This isn't this what's supposed to happen? Like you have a dream and you pursue it, <laughs> and then you achieve that dream, and then you're supposed to be happy. That's right. yeah. that's how it works, isn't it? Isn't that the American dream?" Um, not just the American dream, the Western dream. I had a, I had a beautiful girlfriend and a, and a great job and cool friends. And I had an, an awesome van and, um, <laughs> uh, and yet I was just chronically dissatisfied hmm. and the kind of dissatisfaction that, um, you know, if you've ever experienced, you know, it's like waking up at three in the morning going like, what is my life about? Is this it? <laughs> There's got to be more than this. Yeah. And so that was kind of my, um, that was my personal journey that then started a long process. Even after that point, it was still another 10 or 15, 12 years before I came back into the Baha'i faith hmm. specifically. But I spent a very long time kind of exploring that, hmm. that hmm. state. Cause I really thought, well, maybe I threw the baby out with the bathwater by, by chucking out God and anything God may have said yeah. or written or uh, any advice that the divine might have for us human beings on this planet. Maybe I threw the baby out with the bathwater by just chucking all of that out the window. <laughs> and um, so that that started a long process of me coming back into the Baha'i faith. Wow, that's great. So the founder of the Baha'i faith is... The, the film is called The Gate. Yes. Yes. Right. So The Dawn of the Baha'i Faith is right. the subtitle. Um, so the, the founder is named the Bob. Uh, yes. And Steve, you've been quoted as saying that they call the story of Jesus the greatest story ever told. I would call this story the greatest story never told. Uh, so who is the Bob? And, you know, I was I we, we actually got a copy of the film that was sent to us. And I had, I didn't know any of this. Uh, and I'm guessing most yeah. of our listeners had not heard of the Bob. Uh, why? Why haven't we heard of of him? Okay, so um, first of all, there's two founders, really. The Bob founded a faith called Bobbyism, and okay. then he told everyone about the one whom God shall make manifest, which ended up being Baha'u'llah. And then, so he's very much like, if you roll John the Baptist and Jesus into one, <laughs> you would have the Bob. Right. Because uh, he was like John the Baptist in that he was the herald prophet. And actually, Islam predicts that there'll be a herald prophet. All, if you talk to any Muslim, they're waiting for the Mahdi or the 12th Imam to come. And of course, that is the Bob. And the reason you haven't heard of him is because for over 150 years, there's been a brutal conscious campaign to wipe out his name and anything about him. Hmm. The problem, as you, if you saw the film, is that when the 12th Imam comes, the religious leaders lose their power. Yeah. And when he came, over 400 religious leaders ascribed to him. In fact, the number one religious leader who'd come out with a sword to kill him, Bahid, ended up becoming a very loyal follower and lays down his sword. It doesn't hurt that the Bob reveals in one day the equivalent of one-third of the Quran. Just, I mean, and just incredibly writing and writing and writing for five hours straight. Um, 
So the Bob's story is very much like Christ's story. He's a, he's a young uh, preacher, a young, a young minister who's teaching amazingly well. He's very charismatic, yet he's not bold in the sense he's, he's kind of, you know, the, the persona seems kind of mild for the most part, mm -hmm. like Jesus. Um, he comes to great adulation. He comes into these towns to great adulation. And then there's great tribulation after the religious leaders strike back. And he's put on trial. And like Christ, he's suspended. Christ is suspended on a cross. The Bob is suspended from a wall. The difference is the Bob actually comes down. Um, not giving away too much of the film, but right. you know, <laughs> he survives the first attempt to kill him, which he says he will. So, But if you look at the story of his life, there's just a lot of parallels. Um, he was young. It was a short, um, a short ministry, uh, very powerful, and uh, just his persona. Um, we as Baha'is uh, believe that the persona of all of the messengers of God is relatively similar. That they're all really pure, and they're all really kind, and they're all really wise. Um, they're all uh, uh, innately intelligent beyond any normal human being, and all very powerful in their own way. But powerful, not in the way where they would be like going. None of them goes for political power. Uh, Baha'u'llah, for example, walked from, away from great wealth, as I believe uh, Buddha did in his day. He was a prince. Yep. Uh, Moses was a prince. And they walk away from this wealth. That's not what they're out for. So there's a lot of parallels, actually, between all the prophets, all the messengers. But the Bob, in particular, his life story, to me, has a lot of parallels with Jesus. Hmm. So, Rain, you'd mentioned that... Um, uh, the, the revelation of the of the Bob. Um, could you talk about a little bit about the, what the overarching message is? How does it how does it differ from other major religions? Um, how does it differ from universalism? Um, what is it that makes um, the Baha'i faith so much more different? Sure. Well, <clears throat> so the Bob had a very brief ministry. Uh, how long, Steve? Nine years? Six years. Six years. Thank you. Um, he's better at the chronology than me. <laughs> uh, so very, he had a very short life uh, in which there was a tremendous amount of drama, as you see in the movie. Uh, there yes. were wars and there were, uh, you know, conflicts with, uh, with the, uh, with the uh, mullahs of the time. And there was, you know, he was imprisoned and, and, and banished far away in the, in the country of Iran, Persia at the time. Yeah. And it was just a lot of a lot of drama. Um, I would say that the Bob uh, brought two main teachings. If I had to boil it down uh, the way I see it, and I'm not a scholar on the Bob, but I will say that the Bob's main teachings are, number one, that uh, we can we can and should find the truth for ourselves and that um, God is speaking again to humanity and that it's up to us to discover this. Now, this may sound obvious right now in 2018 and you've got an inglorious pastor's podcast and stuff like that. It may seem, well, well like, duh, we're going to have a podcast. And we're going to talk about what we believe and what we don't believe right. and what is bullshit and what isn't bullshit. Yeah. And um, but in 1844 in Persia, I mean, in 1844 in the United States, yeah. uh, it, that was true, but especially uh, in the Middle East, in, in, the, in a Muslim country, that was an absolutely revolution, revolutionary idea. But the, the other main 
thing that the Bob brought, like John the Baptist, which I think is an apt comparison, is that he said, there will be a much greater teacher than me coming down the pike. Mm. And I'm here to prepare the way from, Steve used the phrase, the phrase, him whom God shall make manifest, manifest meaning brought out, mm -hmm. manifested. Yeah. And um, so that being Baha'u'llah. So a Baha'i is a follower of Baha'u'llah and the Bab, but uh, Baha'u'llah was the one who wrote the main holy books of the Baha'i faith. And how, how is the Baha'i faith? You, you mentioned like Unitarian Universalism. How, how, does, how does it differ from uh, other main religions, Christianity, Buddhism, uh, Islam, and, and, and Universalism as well? I know that's like maybe two separate questions, but um, sure. how, do, how, do, what, what, how does it stand apart? Well, the, the, the first thing, let me, let me just compare it to uni Unitarian Universalist because a lot of people would say, well, Unitarian Universalist believe kind of the same thing. You believe in the divinity of all the prophets yeah. and that Christ was also divine. Um, and I would say that uh, this is a common misconception about the Baha'i faith is yeah. straight up Baha'is are followers of Baha'u'llah and the okay. Bab. And we believe that Baha'u'llah's message is the most recent message from God to humanity that can help build bridges of love and unity between the peoples and help solve injustice and can uh, fix the problems of the day. Baha'u'llah's central teachings had to do with the elimination of racial prejudice, the, the unity and uh, equality of men and women, um, the elimination of extremes of wealth and poverty. You know, the problems that are plaguing us today are spiritual problems. They're not yeah, political problems. The, the Democrats can't fix them. The Republicans can't fix them. There's not some other political party that can fix them. There's not some nonprofit that can fix them. There's not some hashtag movement that can fix them. <laughs> there, it's a deep dis spiritual uh, imbalance that needs to be rectified. Yeah. Um, in, in this way, you could say, well, Baha'is, there are Christians who believe that, and there are, and there are Muslims that believe that, and there are Buddhists that believe that, and we as Baha'is, wherever we are in the world, we work with uh, uh, all kinds of people of lots of different faiths um, yeah. uh, to, toward a solution to these problems, a dialogue about these problems, and a peaceful, loving, spiritual solution to these issues. So we have a great deal in common with a lot of different religions. We certainly acknowledge the divinity of the Christ, uh, you'll go to Baha'i meetings and you'll hear readings from the Bible and readings from, especially readings from the words of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't believe so much in the kind of the dogma that sprang sure. up in the hundreds and thousands of years after it, yeah. but the actual divinity of the Christ himself, um, we certainly believe in. So those are the similarities, but I would just say that the main difference being that the Bab and Baha'u'llah are the centers of uh, who we are as Baha'i that they, we go to their writings for guidance and we look mm. to their their writings, their revelation as the as the path to lead us out of these uh, really dark, difficult, dangerous issues. That's great. That's really great. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's got a book. What's the book, Steve? This is called The Hidden Words by Baha'u'llah. He wrote the equivalent of uh, 60 Christian Bibles. And so, uh, so, you know, we can't. Uh, I'm, I'm actually memorizing this one because I love this particular book. Um, there are just so many beautiful books. Uh, I would say that uh, the, the Baha'is are, like Rain and I, we are to swim in the ocean of his words. That's actually from the writings. That's and we're supposed to immerse ourselves in the ocean of his words. And so Rain and I do. And uh, 
he called himself the divine physician for this age. Rain was really alluding to that in his last comment, that, you know, Baha'u'llah has the solution. I, I wanted to, can I go back to something yeah, real quick? Yeah, absolutely. Just, just on the Bob, um, the, the take I would have on the Bob, and, and really of all the messengers, is that each one is the, teaches the underpinnings of the following one. It's like going through the grades, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. If you look at our modern world today, a lot of the scientific discoveries are based on a lot of the science and advancement during the great Muslim golden age, like algebra and chemistry and universities, which are advances that came during the golden ages of Islam and they're used now. Um, the Bab, he taught the oneness of all things um, in, in his teachings. And then the Baha'u'llah Baha takes, takes that and he gives us the practical aspect and talks about the oneness of humankind and, and really how to achieve it. So what the, what the Bob does is he lays out these, these ground, um, really is underpinnings of the teachings of Baha'u'llah and then Baha'u'llah expands on them. And the particular difference between the Bab and Baha'u'llah is that Baha'u'llah gives us literally a roadmap to world peace, hmm. unlike anything that's ever been given from any other previous um, messenger. One of my favorite quotes in recent times is by the Dalai Lama in November of 2015. He was quoted, I believe, in Time or one of the magazines. He said that uh, we need a worldwide system uh, to unify, a very organized uh, worldwide system to unify the world. He said neither God nor Buddha can provide this. Hmm. And I think he's right on two out of three. And not to say that I love the Dalai Lama, so I <laughs> would you know, never say that I know anything more than he does. But in this particular point, uh, absolutely, he's 100% right. We need this worldwide worldwide system to organize ourselves, and it has to be a worldwide perspective to do it, not just one country trying to do this and another country trying to do that. And I think he's 100% right that Buddha, 2,500 years ago, did not come to give us the message needed in today's world to unify the world. But I don't believe he's read the Baha'i writings. Had the mm -hmm. Dalai Lama read the Baha'i writings, as Rain and I have, I believe he would be, he's a very smart man. I think he'd be utterly convinced that Baha'u'llah did do exactly what he said we needed to do. Hmm. That's, that's fascinating. Yeah. So we have been, like I said, we've gone through a major deconstruction of our, our Christian faith. We're, we're probably under the label progressive Christians, if anything. Whatever that means. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means. But, but we have talked about... Um, uh, that means that you guys listen to, like... Radiohead instead of like <laughs> Guns N' Roses. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yes, that's your your your. Well, we, well, we don't. I'm, we so don't actually, I'm so progressive. I listen to both. None of us. Yeah, we. we none we of us really go to church anymore. We're kind of in the in a weird space. But. Yeah, well, I, I mean. Okay, but is Matt on? Is Matt? Yeah, on? I'm here. Okay, what what is this? Talk to me about Arrested Development being the best show ever on television. I'm going to plead the fifth on that one. And don't fight you about it. And how tall, how much do you weigh and how tall are you? <laughs> I can, I can tell you right now you could kick his ass. Yeah. yeah. I'm his I'm brother. Not, I'm, I'm telling not, you, you can kick his ass. I'm not even going to dispute that. He looks pretty that. fierce. It's got a fearsome beard, but I'm not, yeah. I'm he's not, I'm he's not pretty soft. The, the beard is deceiving. Yeah. I'm <laughs> on your so side, right? There's, there's nothing here but pudding. I can assure you. No, the, the office, anyone? the office is just, it's magical. Yeah. So magic, I own yes. all the seasons. Yeah, <laughs> and have watched them all. And just to prove my street cred, my at my wedding, the the song my wife and I uh, left our wedding to was the theme song to The Office played on a church organ. It was awesome. 
Oh, no way. It That's was. Fantastic. I swear. That's fantastic. And, and also, we had a conversation prior to you getting on here that we were nervous we were going to call you Dwight. So On accident. On yeah. accident. So there is that. Uh, <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> anyway, so progressive Christians. Yeah. I totally got sidetracked there. Um, so the progressive Christian kind of movement is we've been talking about progressive revelation and that idea that, that Christ pulls us forward, um, that, that the old Testament, um, or the Torah has one message. Christ has a different message. And we've been, we've been talking about how, um, you know, even in the new Testament of the, of the Bible that, that, um, there's still some things that aren't great, like slavery um, and, and some other concepts. So the idea of, of there being another teacher to pull us forward from that is, is really fascinating to me because it's not something we were aware of, but we've been using the same language you are. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. Well, um, so um, I have something to add to that in yeah. terms of how that works. So I was raised Jewish, Reformed Jewish. And so I asked my parents, why don't we sacrifice animals anymore? And they said, well, because the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. <laughs> well, you know, from a Christian perspective, it's because Jesus said he was, you know, the Paschal Lamb when he was crucified. Sure. You know, my parents are descendants, and I am descendants of people who for 2,000 years have been following Christ without ever acknowledging him. And, and, and so now I acknowledge, of course, I believe in Jesus Christ as a Baha'i. I actually studied the Christian faith for 20 years with a very good friend of mine who's a, a Christian uh, pastor uh, before I became a Baha'i. But I believe in Christ. You know, why didn't I believe in Christ before? Well, my, my dad told me, because we don't. He never gave me a reason to say we don't. And I think there's so many people in today's world that don't know Baha'u'llah's name. But the idea, you mentioned slavery. Well, Baha'u'llah outlawed slavery in 1863. And guess awesome. what? Or, you know, right around 1863, and of course, America did too, and no one would ever connect those two. Uh, right. Baha'u'llah, a few years later, wrote to Queen Victoria and actually commended her for getting rid of slavery. But if you look at all the countries getting rid of slavery after Baha'u'llah, it's, it's year by year that's another country getting rid of slavery. Mm. Uh, the same thing goes with women's rights. You know, in the Bible, it says a woman must be submissive, can't talk in church. There's, you know, women are not equal in the Bible. And sure. yet, Baha'u'llah yeah. says women are equal in the eyes of God and always have been. An interesting way he says that. So he's not saying, you know, Jesus Christ didn't know what he was talking about. He's, he's saying, essentially, because Jesus Christ's eyes are the eyes of God, that Jesus knew what women were equal. It was us. Mm. No, yeah. And so Baha'u'llah is just giving this message for the age. And I always ask people, what age do we live in? And, and I, or what, you know, or what year is it? What, what year do you guys think it is? Well, it's 2018, <laughs> but I feel like it isn't a lot of times. Like it, it feels like, and for me, it feels like at times we're regressing back to like 1950. Well, it's, it, you were close. It's the year 175. Now, um, if you went and asked uh, someone back in the year 175, Christian years, what year it was, they would have said it was the year 3000 something. But we all live in the same era, yeah. in the same year. And so the year is the Baha'i year 175. And this is the 175th year of the Baha'i era. This era is the same era we're all living through, and Baha'u'llah came. And so it's interesting that we all, most of us, are dancing this dance to Baha'u'llah. Mm. If we go back and see the, the origin of some of these ideas, like women's rights, uh, another one he, he espoused in the 1800s was the racial equality, the idea of one human race. And so these ideas are now, you know, that's proven scientifically, they're all becoming very popular, yeah. and yet you can't trace them. Another wonderful one is the harmony of religion and science 
Yeah. Oh, Jesus doesn't write about that. Why right. doesn't Jesus write about the harmony of religion and science in the Bible? Wasn't a whole lot of science back then, yep. Steve. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have a word for science, so he can't write about it. Yeah. So you can't write about science when there's no word for it yet. And so it's not that Jesus is doing anything wrong. He's giving the message for that day. And yeah. so that's what so I, I would love to hear more about your your progressive, you know, dis, discombobulation of Christianity or whatever you call it uh, from you guys. But there's a quote that um, I have here that I really love that was written by the son of Baha'u'llah. And it's about this same concept that we keep talking about, yeah. the continuation of revelation, progressive revelation. And it says, um, and his name is Abdul Baha. And it says, if we are lovers of the light, we adore it in whatever lamp it may become yep. manifest. Yep, yep. But if we love the lamp itself and the light is transferred to another lamp, we will neither accept nor sanction it. Therefore, we must follow and adore the virtues re revealed in the messengers of God, whether in Abraham, Moses, Jesus, or other prophets, but we must not, must not adhere to and adore the lamp. We must recognize that the sun, no matter from what dawning point it may shine forth, um, is, uh, is, is the sun. Um, we are lovers of illumination and not of lamps or candles. So this kind of goes on, but, uh, and then he, he finishes it by saying, if we renounce these fetters, we shall agree for all our seekers of reality. And so that's, uh, I have a friend who's a, a good friend of mine is a, is a religious studies teacher and pastor. Him and his wife are pastors at uh, Pepperdine. Mm -hmm. And his name's Dr. John and Barton and his wife, Sarah Barton. And um, I actually had the, I have a little Baha'i podcast and I had them on that. And <laughs> at one point I was doing, I, sometimes I come over and do talks to his class. And at one point he kind of confronted me, not confronted, but challenged me and said, so how, what are the differences? Like what, how does the Baha'i faith differ from Christianity? Because there are hard and true differences. Mm -hmm. You know, to most Christians, uh, Jesus is not one in a line of prophets or messengers or divine teachers. He is the Son of God. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. God can only be understood as the triune God, as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sure. God isn't understood as Allah or the great mystery or Yahweh or some other force. God is is perceived through these three different sides um also um well I'll, I'll just leave it at that but there are you know there are some other differences i would say that you know the christians are waiting for christ to return and that's how the movie starts the movie the gate yep. starts with yeah. 1844 you have the millerites you have a hundred thousand christians waiting on hilltops in the united states waiting for christ to literally be on a cloud where the entire world can see him with trumpet blasts and whatnot and calling the saved up to heaven, et cetera. And it doesn't happen. And it's, it's literally called the great disappointment. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a big turning point in, in American history, the great disappointment. The same thing was happening in the Muslim world and in the Jewish world at the same time. So the Baha'is have a different view, uh, different of how Jesus is going to return. And that we believe that Jesus has returned, that the light of Jesus has returned in different lamps in the lamps of the Bob and, and Baha'u'llah for this day and age. I'm going to shut up for a while. No, that's great. Yeah. That's all really good. And I was, I was thinking as you were talking, you know, we've, one of the ways that our sort of tearing down of our faith and rebuilding something in its place, I guess we're still continuing to rebuild something in its place, is the idea of the Christ consciousness. 
And what's mm. interesting is, as I was watching the film, like, yeah, the Bob actually fits really well in that idea of the Christ consciousness. It's not that, you know, the Christ isn't Jesus's last name. It's this force that even a lot of the New Testament writers pointed to that has been there from the very beginning of time. Um, a, a spark, a force, a whatever you want to call it, he mm-hmm. was known as the Christ. Um, that it, it was this consciousness that he believed was actually accessible to all people. Um, and when when I was watching the film, I I was just I, I just kept coming back to like how many parallels there were between the Bob and between Christ, the, between Jesus, and I you know one thing that I kept coming back to it I, I wanted to ask you guys was do you do you, do you believe the bob and bahawalab did they intend to set out a new religion were were they cuz in our minds as we've sort of tried to figure out kind of the the radical roots of what jesus was teaching in his day and age and the context and all that i think what we've come to all the three of us would all agree i don't think jesus ever set out to start a new nope, religion not at all I think it, it, it was, he worked within the confines of Judaism, but then he transcended it and stood above it at the same time. Um, and I thought the, it sounded to me like the Bob was doing something very similar in Islam is that he was in some ways working within that framework, but also transcending it and standing above it. Do you, do you believe that the Bob was trying, is he, is he to Islam what Jesus was to Judaism in the first century? Was he intending yeah. to set out a new religion or was it something to sort of be the end of religion as people find the truth on their own? Um, yes, he was starting a new religion. Okay. And um, if you go back and you watch the, um, the conference at the Dasht where Taharais is a great scene where she takes off her veil and yeah. she announced that this is a new religion that was orchestrated by the Bob and Baha'u'llah. And until that point, there was a lot of doubt Oh, is this a reformation movement within Islam, or is this a new faith? Um, you know, you can think of it like uh, a building. Uh, the building lasts for a certain number of years, and then you tear it down and build a new one. No building lasts forever. Right. The religions are like buildings, they're like trees. And the tree starts as a seed, and it grows fairly small, and then it grows into a big, beautiful tree, and then you eat its fruit. And then eventually that tree becomes old and withered, and... God sends another seed, and that seed grows into another religion. These religions are in ages, and so in each age it starts out small, like the Baha'i faith is relatively small today, like Christianity was in its day, Judaism was in its day, and then they grow over time, and then over time it becomes older, and then God sends a new seed. It's really one overall faith, because there's one God, and so you can look at these chapters, it's really a new chapter. So, in a sense, it's not a new new book, it's a new chapter in God's eternal faith. Oh, great. But it's definitely a new chapter. Okay. Well, I think, uh, you know, this is a, this is a great theological question, and, you know, it's been debated by people far smarter than any of us, but was Christ a reformer? You know, to many Jews, Christ was simply trying to reform Judaism, claiming to be a Messiah, just like, you know, another 37 other people were trying to reform Judaism and proclaim to be a Messiah uh, at the time. Um, And his just happened to catch on in the the Roman Empire, and they got lucky, and that's why Christianity kind of ignited the way it did. Um, That would be more of of a Jewish perspective. Um, I think in—from a theological perspective— uh, as a Baha'i, 
I think that all of these divine teachers are doing two things. They are both reforming the religion into which they emerge, and they're uh, creating a new revelation. Um, but you're right. Jesus never said, like, there's not quotes from Jesus, like, <laughs> I am now creating a new religion right. called Christianity. It yeah. shall be called, <laughs> and you shall forsake your Judaism, and you shall become Christians. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but he does say, I am the way and the truth and the light, and there's no way to the Father except through me. So he is, you know, he's making some pretty, you know, bold statements, sure. shall we say. But even if you look at, like, the Buddha, you know, you look at the Buddha in the context of Hinduism. The Buddha, people ask a lot, like, why was the Buddha never talking about God? And it's like, well, because Hindus, all they have is gods. They're yeah. just chock-a-block with gods. Right. Every every village has 37 different gods. And if you go to a different village, like, oh, you worship that God? and no, we put sunflower seeds in front of this God. Why do you put, you know, safflower oil in front of that God? <laughs> right. You should just worship our gods. And so the Buddha came in the midst of all of this gods. He didn't really talk about gods, at least from what we have of his extant writings and sayings. Uh, he, um, he talked about the nature of consciousness itself and the purpose of life and suffering and how to achieve uh, it was a personal transformation. Like, yes, he wrote about morality, but he didn't ha write anything about kind of structures and churches and whatnot. It was, it was uh, a way to find inner peace and the, the nature of suffering and how to relieve oneself of suffering. Kind of eternal questions of the soul, um, not questions about which God, God should one worship. And and so he can be seen, and as many Hindus see him as a reformer of Hinduism, kind of co-opt Buddhism into their Hinduism. You go to a yoga class and you see both Hindu and, you know, <laughs> Buddhist symbols. Um, but uh, at the same time, you can also say, well, no, he started a new movement, a new way of believing. So it's, but it's a, you know, it's a, it's a complicated question. Yeah. Um, Buddha, one of the problems with Buddha, and even with Christ, but more so with Buddha, is nothing was written down for 300 years. Yeah. So, you know, it's a long period of time. So we've lost a lot of what Buddha said. There is one thing that uh, Buddha said, and he talked about the unborn and the uncreated. So at, for, for Rain, what was Rain was saying, he didn't really talk about God so directly. He talked about him indirectly. And the unborn and the uncreated is actually God, because we you know, all of us are born and created. Yep, yeah. But it, it was... It was it was counteracting, as Rain said, the Hindu idea of all these gods. And so he wanted to talk about the divine in, in a much more subtle way. Hmm. So the, a lot of the film is spent talking about the fulfillment of prophecy. And it, the film does a good job of telling the story of um, the beginning of, of this religion. So what kind of what we want to know, and I think probably what our listeners want to know, is how, how does your belief system enrich your life? Like, what is it? you know, what does it do for you, essentially? Uh, Rain, do you want to start? How much more time do you have, Rain? <laughs> I got, I got another 15, 20 minutes here. Uh, yeah, I can, I'll, I'll jump into that one. Um, that's an excellent question. And that's really where the rubber hits the road, isn't yeah. it? Because yeah. yep. if religion is not making our lives better, then really what's the point? Yep. If it's making our lives worse, then is it better to not have a religion? Right. You know, yeah. yep. Abdul Baha, the son of Baha'u'llah said, if religion be a cause of disunity, it were better that there were no religion. Right. So, oh, um, that's, that's really good. I'm going to have to yeah, pick, up, a, that. That's have to that's pick up that book. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a meaty statement. Yeah. Um, 
if if there were uh, if there were disunity, that it were better. That, this is the head of a religious faith basically saying <laughs> it's better if there's no religion, if there's any disunity at yep, all. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I view religion uh, as a Baha'i, in my perspective, I view it as working on two different levels. Um, it's a as we'd say in the Baha'i faith, there's a twofold moral purpose, and that is I need I want to make myself a better person. Mm-hmm. And I need to work on myself because I have a lot of flaws and character defects and whatnot. And I also want to make the world a better place. Mm. So I would say that the way that the Baha'i faith has enriched my life is my life before I was a Baha'i, or in those years, those 12 kind of years when I was not a Baha'i, my life was all about myself. It was just about how can I seek greater pleasure? How can I seek greater comfort? How can I seek greater status? Um, how can I promote myself and my career? Um, I was a workaholic, still am kind of a workaholic, but a workaholic whose only point at the point of their work was to uh, achieve more glory for myself and more, like I said, comfort and status and material goods and um, wanting people to look up to me. And that's ultimately very dissatisfying. And what what I have found uh, is in you know in being a Baha'i and trying to work at at being uh, a Baha'i and what that means and I, oftentimes I fail, but I'm seeking to make myself a more spiritual person. So what does that mean? I'm seeking to make myself have more of the qualities of Jesus. Hmm. So we think about Jesus as having these incredible radiant qualities like mercy, kindness, compassion, honesty, humility. Um, and, and, and many, many more than that. I seek to, um, to bring those out in myself. Um, I also seek to not serve my own selfish needs and my own selfish will, but look towards trying to let make the life of my family better and trying to make the life of others better. Um, and in so doing, I find a deeper, richer reward in myself. Um, I also find a great connection in the Baha'i faith because I really do believe that Baha'u'llah has brought this incredible um, game plan, uh, an incredible roadmap for how to heal the ills of humanity. And I think that there's a lot of different ways to aid humanity. My wife and I have a nonprofit in Haiti and we educate uh, teenage girls there. And, um, you know, that's great. And some people are involved in environmental causes or social justice causes or just mm-hmm. working on a community or feeding yeah. the homeless or whatever it is or rescuing animals. There's lots of ways to make the world a better place. Right. But it's a little bit catch as catch can. And I think that Baha'u'llah's plan is a is a master plan for a radical spiritual revolution of the planet. Hmm. Um, and it's it's a it's a spiritualizing uh, everything. Um for instance, in politics, people believe, like a lot of my friends believe, like, oh, once Obama gets in, this is <laughs> what they believed eight years ago. Oh, then all yeah. the problems will be fixed. Right. And then there's a lot of people in the country, this last election, are like, oh, once Trump gets in, yep. then our problems will be fixed. And then four years from now, it'll be someone else. Oh, once, you know, Jimmy Schwartz gets elected, then our problems <laughs> will be fixed. That, Jimmy you know, Schwartz. <laughs> Jimmy he's, Schwartz. He's a, great, he's a great candidate. He Just, really is. Very mind. progressive. But, but the system is so broken. People are not listening to each other. They're not working with each other. They're not loving each other. They're not seeking for a deep kind of profound compassion 
for the ills of all Americans and all the people in the world. And, uh, and so they're not working together in a common purpose that comes from the heart, that comes from the soul. So how does my, the religion make my life better? Like it works on a personal level. I pray and meditate daily. I ask God, I ask Baha'u'llah uh, for, for guidance, uh, for, for, for purpose. And um, also, you know, talk about the Baha'i faith and, and work to um, fulfill Baha'u'llah's plan, not fulfill, uh, enact his plan, because I believe that makes the world a better place. So these things, they, you know, the, I think the purpose, you know, there's that book, The Purpose Driven Life. It's oh, used a lot. God, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it does, uh, it gives, it, I, I, all I know is I was miserable before I had it and to me, this just makes the most sense, and I it also fulfills my heart on a on a deep soul level. That's great. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, Steve, let's, uh, let's oh, go ahead. That Steve. Yeah. Uh, yeah, beat that. <laughs> well, well, let me one up brain here. Um, a lot of what he said, I I believe the same things. I pray and meditate every day. So you know, I I come from a Reformed Jewish background, and I always believed in God. I never didn't believe in God. In fact, my mom had a life after death experience when I was six months six months old. She almost died. She saw a bright light that she thought was God. That light showed her flashbacks of her life, and asked her if she wanted to go and stay in this world or move to the next one. She stayed in this world. She's still here 52 years later. And so I always believed in God because my mom told me she talked to God. Um, <laughs> I also didn't have a bad experience as a Jew, but I was not passionate about religion at all. And I think the differences in me are sometimes subtle. For example, I, I was never a racist. I was never someone who did anything bad to people because of the color of the skin or judge people. But the one thing I didn't do is I didn't go consciously to try and reverse racism. I didn't really expend a lot of my time. I didn't do anything myself, but I wasn't actively fighting racism. Since I became a Baha'i, I have been actively fighting racism huh. on a much deeper level. Um, same thing with women's rights. I would, I, I was, uh, my mom is a doctor. She's a psychologist. I have a lot of respect for women. Um, I, I know a lot of intelligent women, but I was not fighting as passionately for women's rights. So some of the Baha'i tenets that I've really taken inside. The biggest difference in me is I am calmer, happier. Hmm. Uh, I talked to someone recently who said they were bored and lonely some of the time, and I, I know this person rather well, and you know, I see why. I can see the reason why, because they don't have a direction. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I try to tell them about the Baha'i faith, and, and they're not interested. But on the other hand, you know, I have my, you know, not, as Baha'is, we would never force our faith on anybody. Sure. It's independent investigation of truth. But I know for me, this faith gives me incredible deep happiness that I've never had. I know I'm echoing rain, but it's, it's true for me. Um, I actually understand, you know what I think I really relish is the understanding of the world in such a new, profound way. Mm. A lot of people I talk to don't have a lot of hope. They say the world is going to heck in a handbasket. <laughs> and if you talk to Baha'is, they'll almost never say that. What Baha'is will say is, yes, there are some short-term problems and they're really bad, and we'll acknowledge those problems and talk to about what those problems are, but our long-run uh, perspective on the world is much more positive because Baha'u'llah promised us world peace. He says we'll have something called the most great peace. And the Universal House of Justice talks about um, 
two construct two processes going on the deconstruction of the old world order and the construction of this new world order of unity and peace and actually from everything you guys have said so far it seems like you're kind of on that mindset we're, we're yeah. moving forward yeah. not backwards so and it's not just baha'is who are we're building this new world order in fact it's very clear in the writings it's not just baha'is um we're, we humanity are one and we're building it together so this i this this hope and really a deep happiness that I never had when I was Jewish, just a deeper version of happy, a deeper spirituality, um, a real love of God on a level that I never had before, to the point where sometimes I can even physically feel it. Um, I have hunger, real hunger to, to know God better and to be a more spiritual person. I, I feel like, uh, I, I guess I, I'm, Rain called me enthusiastic the other day. <laughs> And I, I think that's probably an understatement. I'm just, I, I'm really, a, I'm like the, even to annoying some Baha'i sometimes, I'm a born-again Baha'i. I really <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. I, I, you know, listening to both of you talk about that, it's amazing how much we have in common. Yeah. Um, we, we've gotten to the point where we don't feel the need to push our faith on anybody, to push Christianity on anybody that it is about putting the world back together and making it a better place. And it is amazing listening to you talk how similar it is. You know, we may have different language, we have different people, whatever you want to call it, but it's amazing to hear you talk. And it was amazing to watch the film. And I thought the same thing watching the film. I mean, just how many similarities there are between the faiths. And I'd never heard of it. Like the most yes. I knew about the Baha'i faith is I know there's a, uh, a Baha'i temple in Bloomington, Indiana, about a half an hour from us. Um, and that's about all I knew about it. Uh, but it's so similar. From uh, what Baha'u'llah says, is he says, this is the eternal faith of God, eternal in the past and eternal in the future. And what he says is the spiritual teachings are identical. So, for example, Jesus says, um, he says, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. And Baha'u'llah, it's right on the side of our temple in Wilmet. Breathe not the sins of others while thou art thyself a sinner. And there's, you know, if you, this book, The Hidden Words, if you read through it, you'll say, oh, that sounds like Christ. That sounds like Christ. I, I wanted to say uh, what I think about the Trinity. Um, I believe in the Trinity. I, of course, I didn't before when I, when I was Jewish, but I believe in it this way. I believe in the Trinity as God, the Father, Krishna, the Son, the Holy Spirit coming from Krishna, God, the Father, Buddha, the Son, the Holy Spirit coming from Buddha. Mm. God the Father, yeah. Moses the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's, an, it's a way to explain God's messengers. God sure. the Father, Baha'u'llah the Son, and the Holy Spirit coming from him. And, and by the way, Jesus too. Sure. God the Father, yeah. Yeah. Jesus the Son. And so it's a great, to me it's a great expression of, of the beautiful relationship between God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But I think you could apply it to all the messengers. I think, um, guys, I just want to say a couple of things, too. One, one thing that you may not have known about the Baha'i faith that we've neglected to say before this is there's no clergy in the Baha'i faith. Hmm. That the, Both the Bab and uh, Baha'u'llah came and said, we don't need clergy anymore. We don't need an intermediary between the Word of God and humanity. We needed that in the past, mostly because people couldn't read. Yeah, <laughs> but right. yeah. quite practically, people can read now, and so they can read holy writings and decide for themselves if it's true and decide what the interpretation means. So in the Baha'i faith, there's, uh, we have democratically elected assemblies that govern the affairs of the Baha'i community. So Bloomington, Indiana has a local Baha'i spiritual assembly you know, of nine people that are elected each year. Um, so Steve and I are not speaking as any kind of uh, 
priests or, or sure. rabbis, <laughs> mullahs or anything like that. Just that's just one thing. But the other thing is, you know, it's very gratifying to hear that you guys hear the similarity. And what I always say to people is like, listen, this is not about you guys becoming Baha'is. This right. is not about any of your right. listeners becoming Baha'is. Mm-hmm. We're not here to convert you either. In fact, proselytizing is forbidden in the Baha'i faith. We can certainly teach the faith, but not try, attempt to convert someone. Sure. But at the same time, you know, we have to find the people that share the same spiritual ideals and this mm-hmm. spiritual mission and hunger, and we need to work together. And so what I would encourage you guys, the three of you, and what I would encourage your listeners if they're turned on by this conversation is like, find Baha'is in your area and invite them to stuff that you're doing. Let them them invite you to stuff they're doing and work together towards this kind of radical spiritualization of humanity, you know, Christian and Baha'i and Muslim and Buddhist shoulder to shoulder, trying to make the world a better place with God's grace, you know, as an aid, you know, and I, I think that that's really the important thing. Yeah, I also want to invite the Zoroastrians too, Rain. <laughs> no. <laughs> Too far. <laughs> I uh, I think you know it's it, we say a lot of we say a lot of times on this podcast that we're all taking different paths up the same mountain and I, and I think that of all listening to this whole conversation I feel like that's what we're all saying is that we're all coming at it from the same from different perspectives but we're all achieve trying to achieve the same thing we're walking ultimately. we're walking up to God and we're taking different ways to get there yeah sure absolutely. And one of the things Baha'is do is we do devotional gatherings for people of all different faiths. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And we, my wife and I open up our home and do that. And we have, we have agnostics too, but you know, Christians and Baha'is and, and Muslims and people of different faith traditions, Hindus coming and sharing holy writings and maybe some music and some meditation. It's a really beautiful way to kind of create community, um, in a really informal way. And, um, it, you know, I, I believe it has a powerful impact. Awesome. I know you guys got to run. Um, we c- could you tell us where people can find more information um, a- a- about the film um, and where they can find uh, it, what else you guys are working on? Are there any other projects you're working on? So uh, I'll, I'll give Rain a plug. I went to see his, the doppelganger. And. Uh, it's, uh, I'm doing a play in Chicago right now. That's why I'm in Chicago. My my favorite scene is where he's fighting himself. I, I can I don't know how he does that. Scene. <laughs> We're all fighting with ourselves, Steve. <laughs> um, so Steve is uh, Steve is a man of some means. He's a successful business person who has started several successful companies, and um, he started Spring Green Films because he wants to make more films from a Baha'i perspective and inspired by the Baha'i writings and teachings and Baha'i history as well to share for a mass audience. So this is the first of many films he wants to be creating. Um, But how do they find out, what's that website for the Bob film? www.thegatefilm.com. Okay, wonderful. And we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah, we'll have that in the show notes. Can I, I want to share a quote with you guys. Uh, This is uh, a quote by Baha'u'llah about Jesus and his followers, and I wanted to share it with you. Um, Know that when the Son of Man yielded up his breath to God, the whole of creation wept with a great weeping. 
By sacrificing himself, this is talking about Jesus, of course, by sacrificing himself, however, a fresh capacity was infused into all created things. Its evidences as witnessed in all the peoples of the earth are now manifest before thee. The deepest wisdom which the sages have uttered, the profoundest learning which any mind hath unfolded, the arts which the ablest hands have produced, the influence exerted by the most potent of rulers are but manifestations of the quickening power released by his transcendent, his all-pervasive and resplendent spirit. He it is who purified the world. And I love this last sentence of this quote by Baha'u'llah about Jesus. He says, blessed the man who with a face beaming with light hath turned towards him. Blessed the man who, with a face beaming with light, hath turned towards him, Jesus. And that shows the profound respect that the Baha'is hold toward Jesus, his followers, and the the unity that we feel with uh, with our our fellow believers in Christ and believers in God. That's beautiful. Yep, just beautiful. Yep, we can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, I mean, we appreciate show. both of your time. Yeah, you uh, can. You can thank us by changing the Arrested Development section <laughs> of your book. Yeah, well, there you go, Matt. <laughs> Look what you did, okay, Matt. Hey, hey, guys, can I do one more quote? Oh, sure, yes. of course. Okay, so one last quote. And this is from Baha'u'llah, and this is really about how we look at the world. It's, O children of men, know ye not why we created you all from the same dust, that no one should exalt himself over the other. Ponder at all times in your hearts how ye were created. Since we have created you all from the same, from one same substance, it is incumbent on you to be even as one soul, to walk with the same feet, eat with the same mouth, and dwell in the same land. That from your inmost being, by your deeds and actions, the signs of oneness and the essence of detachment may be made manifest. Such is my counsel to you, O concourse of life. Heed ye this counsel, that ye may obtain the fruit of holiness from the tree of wondrous glory. Oh, nice. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, that was good. That's so if we ever meet in person, Rain, by some miracle, I will uh, I will bow to the superiority of the office before you. <laughs> That's not good enough. I want you to change the freaking website. <laughs> I think I think you do. Is it on our actual website? Yeah, is that it's, on, it's on the about com? section. It's on the yeah, about section. Who hurt you, I, I did my research. You know, well, if I if I known I was gonna be stalked by by Rain Wilson, it's okay. I probably would have changed it. Rain, we hate him too. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, Matt is the worst. He's the weakest link. So um, he he's a real bastard. He uh, <laughs> come on up. Look, Indiana's not that far from Chicago. Come up and see the play and and say hi afterwards. I don't drink, but if you guys want to have a one of your beers and uh, we'll uh, we'll say hello after the show. Awesome. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. And, right. I, and I will give and I will give a tour of the Baha'i Temple if you can make it up there. It's right nearby. Nice. Wonderful. Excellent. We will have to contact you guys. And see I if we will can give set you that cash. Eighty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> Is that eighty-seven? Eighty-seven. A... Nice. Singles. <laughs> All singles. You know what? I'm desperate enough for money. I'm willing to <laughs> untraceable. I'm willing to whore myself I'm gonna make out. It rain. Just... I'm going to make it rain on the inglorious pastors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so great. Oh. All right, guys. All right. Thank, thank you so thank much. You need to talk about the, the pet sloth or the pet turtle. Man, what a bummer. Maybe <laughs> next, next time. Next time. Next time. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Now 
Reviews, yeah, huh? I'm glad you're prepared. Just I was ready. A great interview, by the way. Yeah, yeah I could have talked to those two for just another hour yeah, at least. Easily, I mean, at least yeah. another so hour. Good. I would love to talk about the. I want to kind of get that book and, and kind of look at the teachings. It of looks them. good, and yeah. I want to see how they compare to to Jesus because I think there's a lot of similarities, oh, especially they even talk especially about in how we translate how you the three of us in context how we interpret. The words of Jesus, I think, is so yep. similar, man. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so good. You got it pulled up yet? I got... Whoa! Yeah, I've got it pulled up, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we've gone without completely abusing the soundboard the entire episode, and now at the end, we're just going to call. All right, go ahead. Can I? Yeah. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> well... Uh, let's see if we're gonna do that. Let's do. Uh, let's just pick a random one. <laughs> yeah, you're. That's a good song. Yeah. All okay, right. go. Um, let's go. Let's go. Let's all get right. The song. Uh, let's get the red on the show. What? That is terrible. Not only is it great. terrible, it's obnoxious. It's so great. It's so obnoxious. I love it's it. It's like the remix it's called of like uh, Pepe Le Pew. Wow. It's called. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's called uh, Not That Cabin by Ed Paul Fry. Hey. Oh, Eddie Fry Fry. Eddie P. Eddie P. Fry. Freedom Fries. <laughs> Eddie P. Freedom Fries. <laughs> Eddie Freedom Fries. Oh. Dude. Freedom okay, fries. so if anybody Little ever wonders the hardest I've balls. ever laughed in my life, this the first time I saw that movie, the <laughs> sex scene, I oh laughed till I almost vomited. So uncomfortable. I was, oh, too, I was too Christian for that one. At first God, time. that like, movie oh, was I watched so... That no, first time I saw it was with Mandy. <laughs> yeah. I had to oh watch it because of the, uh, the puppetry, the, the marionette. So, so, as a, as a so professional funny. marionette uh, Guess user. what I'm saying is Pearl Harbor oh, sucks and I miss you. All right, go ahead. <laughs> what do we got? Ed Fry. Ed Fry. Ed Paul Fry called Not That Cabin. Not That this Cabin. This is actually I love a real, that that's on your soundboard. This, I know. He was very excited with that. <laughs> I'm very excited right now. I'm very excited <laughs> right now. Um, okay. Ed has this to say. Hi, Ed. Do you, do you remember being the only kid your age in your home church of 40 people on a good Sunday and being taken to junior high youth camp by Pastor Steve, who also served as your youth pastor because just being out of Bible college, he was the only other one in the congregation closest to your age? Do you remember oh, sitting in the passenger weird. side of his 1984 AMC Gremlin, riding with windows down because it didn't have air conditioning, rocking out to Striper, and listening <laughs> to hell with the devil, and listening all right. No friend of mine. Go ahead. And listening, 
as he awkwardly tried to reassure you that this was this will be a pivotal moment in your life, and maybe upon your return you'll be ready to be baptized. Do you recall driving down the long tree line road of the camp, feeling more scared, embarrassed, and alone than ever as you arrived in your pastor's gremlin, only to see a converted Greyhound bus from that one mega church in the suburbs of that city in the southwest corner of the state, as it was being un- unloaded by the coolest kids you've ever seen while others stood in a circle kicking a hacky sack mm. and do you recall praying to god jesus the holy ghost and mother mary just in case <laughs> that you would get that you would, <laughs> that you would get put in their cabin because assuredly it would be the most awesomest and most christianest cabin ever well the english pastors are not those kids <laughs> <laughs> and you're not in that cabin nope <laughs> Fortunately, you're in the Lucky cabin. Reality. You're in the oh. cabin that smells of feet and Braunschweiger. <laughs> Braunschweiger. Dude, I had Boy, to look it up. That's a that's yeah. a deep German callback. You're in the cabin that smells of feet and Braunschweiger, surrounded by kids who have elevated toilet humor to an art form. Braunschweiger. It's fancy German baloney. Let's just be honest. It's they offer you they offer you the top bunk top bunk because they're new because you're new and they invite you to sit at their table at meals. Whether the, where they make fart noises and quote entire passages from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yep. They even share their stash of Rice Krispie treats and beef jerky with you be, that their moms sent along for a midnight snack. Most beef of jerky, all, mi- beef jerky handshake, yeah. midnight but, snack. But most. But most of all, they celebrate with you when you clumsily and slowly get through the ropes course, and they cry with you and put their arms around you when you oh, feel the shit, little homesick. Man. And when it's all done and Pastor Steve pulls up That's and his gremlin to take you home, you smile at your new friends, realizing that you have found your tribe and your people and you can't wait for the next con- convention. Oh. Wow. So t- it, wasn't that great? Yeah, that's I great, fucking read man. that this earlier this week. I was like, God damn, that's a great review. Thanks, Ed. We appreciate it, buddy. <laughs> I just got a, a text from Lucas that said, Wolf, who's his son, fucking loves The Office, but I don't want him to hear my eulogy. <laughs> <laughs> Catch twenty two, oh, my friend. Man. That's why you always leave a note. Can we talk about Rain Wilson threatening me? Yeah, we, he did. This, he absolutely did. He I did. love it. I feel really bad now. God, yeah. I want to see you get your ass kicked by Rain Wilson. Yeah, it'd be the best thing in the history. Yeah. I would. I would let that happen. It would be the best thing that's ever happened in my life. Watching that happen. So, yeah. Oh, is that where are we at? That's I it. don't know. Oh, thanks, that's, Paul. That's thanks, yeah, man. thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Ed, Ed, really. Ed, Ed, Paul, Not Paul, Ed, Ed, Paul, Fry, yeah. Yeah, Paul, Ed. I'm all three of you. Yes, Ed, Paul, and Fry. <laughs> Thank you. We love you. We love you, Long Tim. You're my friend. Let's meet up. Thank you for the for the idea for the bracelets. Um. Two. Oh. <laughs> no. No. All right, go Just, ahead. God, let's go to Twitter. Five hour podcast. All right. Um. Oh, are you doing Twitter again? Yeah, Twitter feedback. Brad's back. Look, he's back. And back he's again. back. And he's back. Uh, number 10, Casey at Achtung Casey. Achtung. German Wunderkind. German Wunderkind. Uh, at Pastors Podcast. I really related to Carrie Umhow and her story. I'm also from Atlanta and hashtag not a natural lover. That's what she said. And working out what Brandon Andrus said about what it looks like to apply a reconstructed faith in a way that makes the world better. Yep. Kind of what we talked about tonight, actually. Yep. Thanks. Number nine, Jacob Sampson at Jacob underscore Sampson. Hey, Jake. Jake Samps. Jake Samps. Uh, at uh, at hey, Pastors I'm only 27 minutes and in and just, Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Brandon is asexual. 
<laughs> I was pretty proud of that, yeah, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that was pretty good. Did nope. you come in prepared with no, that? No, absolutely not. Just, just yeah, that was a spur of the moment. Just, that, that's that's what I bring to off this. Off the top of the dome. That's what I bring to this just shit house of a podcast. Oh, is that what you, is that what you do? That's what I do. I was wondering. Yeah. All right, go I'm like ahead. the Job of this podcast. Number eight, Becky Ibturdia. At, Might want to get that checked out. At Sauron the Queen. It's Becky Seville. Yeah. The hottest. Who? The ho- <laughs> Her? What? Her? The hottest at Pastors Podcast episode is spacious. It has everything. Hashtag Brandon is asexual. <laughs> a reappearance of at Polly named Brad. A DB Cooper reference. Some actual good stuff Carrie Umhow is doing. And hashtag aggressive 11 foot. <laughs> So that she's sent a meme with that. It's Stefan from SNL. Have you guys seen that? Yeah. Skit? Oh, it's yeah. so great. Uh, number seven, Jerry Hello. Stallings. My name is Becky Seville. <laughs> Be prepared to see that a lot. Number seven, Jerry Stallings. <laughs> My at, name is Becky Seville. <laughs> at Jerry Stallings. Sometimes I wonder if Brandon Anders is questioning the life decisions that brought him to Pastor's podcast. Yes, he is. But hashtag Brandon is asexual. <laughs> hashtag hard on the soundboard. And hashtag aggressive 11 foot prove that he fits in better than he wants to admit. You're yep. stuck, brother. Yep, he's yep. stuck. Uh, a bunch Number six, a bunch of symbols. It's Keegan vegan. It's a bunch of underscore. It's Keegan. Hi, Keegan. It's Keegan. Keegan uh, I, I can't even read his his Twitter handle. It's a never mind. Uh, look up a bunch Keegan. of amper stands. It's a bunch, of, it's a bunch it. of underscores, and it it basically spells Keegan vegan. Uh, he's a vegan. So so much. Oh, I never would have guessed. So much talk of jerking sausages. Hey, you know somebody's a vegan. Yeah, they'll fucking tell you. <laughs> yeah. <It's> the, <laughs> the CrossFit of dieting. Uh, <laughs> So much talk of jerking sausages, choking chickens, sometimes quite literally, and cranking hogs. What about some vegetarian or nonviolent <laughs> metaphors? Caressing your carrot, cuddling your cucumber, hashtag aggressive 11 foot. Jerking the gherkin? Yeah, jerking the gherkin. Yeah. That'd be a good one. Rubbing your eggplant? That's right. Massaging the eggplant. Yep. Yep. The old eggplant. Till it juices. Number five, Paul Fodder <laughs> didn't to touch her. Never heard of her. At Paul Fodder didn't touch her. Uh, hey, at Pastor's Podcast. This massive train wreck of a train wreck in such a short episode. You guys like to burn fast. Hashtag up from the grave he arose. (laughs) Hashtag hard on the soundboard. Hashtag aggressive 11 foot. And of course, hashtag find a new bear wife. Yes. Number four, Andy Redwine at Andy Redwine. Strawberry Redwine, (laughs) 17. Go ahead. At Pastor's Podcast, five minutes in. They are gone. Yep. Hashtag Brandon is yeah. asexual. Hashtag popping in like Mr. McFeely. Hashtag Mr. <laughs> Monk goes to Indiana. Hashtag same shitty politics plus cold weather. Hashtag Brad's got a 40. Number three at Lounge Iguana. At Hi. Pastors Podcast, my eyes were literally watering on the tube this morning listening to the first half hour of number 116. <laughs> Never has a train wreck been more inglorious. <laughs> hashtag aggressive 11 foot. P.S. Yeah, I cheated and copied the hashtag from Seville named Becky. Does this disqualify me? No. 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 It no, should, though. No, uh, no. Number two, Derek Blaylock. Hello, my name is Becky. <laughs> at Derek A. Blaylock. <laughs> At Bastards Podcast, if you were listening to the most recent episode and didn't join in singing, do your balls hang low? (laughs) (laughs) Dot, 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 they don't. (laughs) Hashtag Brandon is asexual. Hashtag if it comes out yellow. Hashtag uncomfortable with monkey sounds. Hashtag aggressive 11 foot. (laughs) Nope, nope, stop. (laughs) 
Delete that. <laughs> Num- number one. Number one, Patrick Gott at Patrick underscore Gott. Oh, new guy. Yeah. New guy r- ramping up the charts. Old P Gotts at Pastors Podcast. P Gotts. I literally cried laughing <laughs> while at work. My boss asked me what my problem was, and all I could get out was he said hashtag ball sized mass. <laughs> hashtag aggressive 11 foot. Hashtag Brandon's asexual. God, what a train wreck. I'm very excited right now. <laughs> All-size mess. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's wonderful. (laughs) That is so good. That is wonderful. All right. Thank you, everyone. Yep. um, Yeah. All right. Well, we paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our Right. Dan Summers told me that he had that uh, stuck in his head this week. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I'm not writing them down anymore. You. That's God, so. Lame. I did one. That puts a lot of pressure. Wait, what's on the us. one you got? What? Well, I never. Mine never got chosen anyway. Yeah, so who I'm gives a here, shit? I'm over here producing a podcast. At least you can just Nobody write some, some goddamn right. hashtags. I did write one hashtag woolly faced bastard. <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, man. You fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay, I've got uh, hashtag rubber band bandage. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a Michaelism. Uh, uh, hashtag yep. it's got a huge head. <laughs> hashtag favorite gay Jamaican gentleman. Yep. Uh, hashtag, uh, hashtag gotta lift the mood somehow. What was that from? No idea. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Hashtag, that's what grandmothers did. <laughs> I don't even know what that's That was from, from uh, Rain. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, hashtag, roll John the Baptist and Jesus together. <laughs> Smoke them in a joint. No, that's not nope. at all where that was going. Nope. <laughs> hashtag, some hashtag movement. Oh, yeah, that's Rain. Hashtag, born again Baha'i. Oh, that's oh, great. That is good. <laughs> hashtag, he'll be hard. <laughs> Do you know what my favorite uh, Baha'i worship song is? No. Uh, Baha'i, Baha'i, Baha'i by NSYNC. No. Nope. No, I don't think nope. so. I tried too hard. Go ahead. <laughs> yep, you did. You really, really, really forced that one. Really forced that one. Uh, that's what you're getting for that. <laughs> Go ahead. Next. Uh, God damn. Exactly. Uh, hashtag. <laughs> All right. Well, Come sorry. Uh, this is a little weird one to read, but I don't think it was me. Hashtag Brad and I were secret lovers. <laughs> Lucas. Oh, Lucas. Okay. Yeah, that feels weird for me to read that. <laughs> it should. Yeah. Uh, hashtag Brad was the secret sauce. Oh yeah. Hashtag the best daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this is from. Hashtag they put a boot on it. Uh, it's from the 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 lawnmower. What? Oh, they put a boot on it. They that's right. It. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh. Hashtag, this is going to be a long one. Yep. Same. All right. Is that all you got? Yep. All right. I only have a few. I've got hashtag Brad is dead to me. <laughs> Greatest segment we've ever had. Is it? Um, yep. Is that where we landed on that? Yep, it's, a, it's a hard five. Um, it's at least a soft three. Yep. At most. I'll give it a hard eight. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, got a huge head. You know why I give it a hard eight, Michael? Got a huge because head. you got a huge head. Because I have a hard eight. You understand what Go, I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I get it. All right. So Matt, if I get out the, Michael, if I get move out the, on. If I get out the ruler. Michael, move on. 
Uh, make God. It, make it rain, $87. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that actually might have to be the winner. That's <laughs> um, Hashtag zombie Brad. <laughs> and hashtag testicular rupture. <laughs> okay. That's... <laughs> I feel like we're not going to get a lot of opportunities to use that. That's, I do like make it rain with two ends. That's pretty great. Oh yeah, God. let's do that. That because since it was Rain Wilson, let's do that. rupture. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> boy! It's my new. Uh, How about just exploded nutsack. It's my new uh, electronica band. <laughs> Testicular it's rupture. A, it's fighting with my punk band named Exploded yep. Ballsack. Yeah. Got a real Billy's got a, Billy puts on it's a pacifier and some t- tutu. He's got a, a real stick. beef jerky handshake. <laughs> um, oh man! All right, what are we doing here? Let's do make it make it rain eighty seven dollars because right, that it, was that's make it's it rain, rain Wilson. You got to do yeah, that, but how right? do you do that? Make you... it rain two ends. Can you right. do it with an eighty seven? Can you do numbers and hashtags yet? I think you can do eight seven, but you can't do like the dollar sign. I don't think. Oh no no no! No, just, no, just eighty seven. Then dollars. type out dollars. Then type out dollars. All right. Yeah, type out dollars. Make it rain eighty seven dollars. <laughs> rain with two ends. Yeah. Yes. So if you've lipsened, 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 you've lipsened, <laughs> lipsened. There it is. Here touched her. Boy, how many hashtags have we had after the hashtag? Uh, no. In the, on well, this that's podcast. where episode came from. Lipsened. Yep. If you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag, hashtag, make it rain, $87. Bro, just listen to me for a second. Hit us up on social media, at Pastors Podcast. That's going to be a thing now. At Polly Matt. At Polly Matt. Matt. At Polly Brad. At MJ Basinger. We're also on Facebook, <laughs> facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Oh. Instagram, uh, we're Inglorious Pastors. Closing time, subscribe, rate, and hey, review we have a, us. We have a website, on, too. Uh, yeah, we're IngloriousPastors.com. Yeah, Rain Wilson looked it up and threatened yep. me. Yes, he did. Um, <laughs> at jizzmuzzle.com. Yeah, jizzmuzzle.com is also our website. Yeah. Uh, closing time, subscribe, rate, review, and uh, uh, yeah. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. We got some more five stars, just no words. Uh, check out our website, ingloriouspastards.com. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Uh, support us on Patreon to join the Pastards Pub. Get access to spinoff podcast, uh, Pastards Community Church, Hymns of Reconstruction, Turd Talk, Pub Crawl, Special Music. Just got a new entry today. Um, buy us a round and even help shape the content of this show. Uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Oh, yes. It was delightful. It was, it was, was man. Fun. Seriously, two just super great human beings. Yeah. Just, I mean, just yeah. yeah. Man. Great. Could have talked, talked forever. Even without one of them being Dwight Schrute. Like, right. Yeah. Just, like, if he wasn't even that, yeah, it was just a delightful just conversation. His book is good, too. I need the to bassoon, get it. I need to get solid. it. It's, it's hilarious and also very insightful. Should we give away copies of it? Hello, my name is Becky Seville. <laughs> she who shit should be taken elsewhere. Um, well, well, we're doing a giveaway with uh, with Daniel Stores right now. Yeah, let's so do that. Not, okay, let's we do can't that. do 18 giveaways at right. once. So, we have uh, a lot of shit to give away. We have lots of shit. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, check out Twisted Sisters with Becky Seville. She who shit should be taken elsewhere. <laughs> she we, said it, not me. We sort of love you, Becky. We love her long term. <laughs> Can we just talk about Becky? Let's, let's all say one positive thing about Becky. Hmm. She's a four on the Enneagram. I thought she was a five. I don't know. She's a five. I think she's a 12. No, she's not a 12. That's not a thing, but... All right. Well, 
what, she's what a great you, person, man. She's, she's wonderful. She's she a, is a she's wonderful, a wonderful person. She barfed in my downstairs bathroom. She, she did. absolutely obliterated Matt's toilet twice. Yeah. Yeah. She's a national yeah. treasure. <clears throat> Don't gave, take your shit elsewhere. She, get, she gave me uh, slippers that have weed on them. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, me three. I, I wish she would have brought me just weed. I wear them all the time. I do too. I wear them a lot. They're very comfy. They are. And they have weed on them. <laughs>